I've lived a thousand lives. I piloted a thousand souls. I killed and fought and died just for a single Thanks for joining us. This is uh, Happy Jacks. We are here to play some D&D, um, but we're putting our own little twist on it. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, my name's Jason. You can find all my nonsense at It's Probably OK, just the letters OK uh, on Twitter, and you can find the game I made and all the other nonsense that I get up to. And uh, we have some players today. I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, hi, I'm Claire. You can find me at CB Dubs. That's S E E B E D U B S. Um, and I'm going to be playing a. We, we just have a level four rogue changeling today, and their name is Nix. My name is Eli. You can find me on Twitter if you want. I'll let you do the legwork to find my handle. But I'm playing an elf ranger, level four, or elf paladin named Alibas. Hi, I am Pooja. I am playing a uh, changeling sorcerer, but it'll be a kind of like a twist on your regular sorcerer as I'm trying out a new subclass called Blade Soul. Yes. And uh, it's good to see that there's going to be more than one changeling in the party. That's exciting. And my name is Zay. Cool. Blade Soul sounds pretty impressive. I'm a little bit afraid of you now. <laughs> oh, well, it'll be less impressive when you know that it's a subclass of my own design. <laughs> oh, yeah, broken. Um, <laughs> I was just going to let you bask in the praise for a minute. No, it's from Rob. It's not like I, I couldn't enjoy it. <laughs> um, my name's Rob. Uh, what am I playing? I am playing a Luxodon, which is a giant elephant person, and I'm stupid excited about it. And um, I'm a warlock. Excellent. Oh, my character is also a warlock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, Eli, did you say what, what character class you were playing? Paladin. I oh, yeah. Ranger. Okay. So we've got a rogue, a paladin, a sorcerer, and a warlock. So, um, paladin, you are going to be tank and healer and control. So... <laughs> so it's just like a regular wow party yes yeah precisely um that's all right oh, we're not at happy jacks we're not super into the um hardcore uh, uh, uh war gaming aspect of this but it's D D, and so you got to live with it to some degree um so one of the things we're doing differently in this game is that we are going to swap out the 20-sided die for the uh, two 10-sided dice. And so immediately that doesn't add up. You say, how do you roll a nat one, Jason? Uh, well, let me tell you. Uh, in the uh, bell curve, well, it's really like a, a V, an up inverted V, uh, like a... Nobody like cares. a mountain? Yeah. Is it a mountain peak? Yes, it's like that. <laughs> um, uh, but the... Um, we have to climb it. The, uh, well, the, he's piqued my interest. Yes, the the peak is formed by ten and eleven being the most common results. Technically, ten and a half, which doesn't exist. 
Um, so th there is a middle ground of probability. And so the, um, the, uh, what you're looking for is rolling those two 10-sided dice and adding them up as opposed to the percentile 10-sided dice, which some people do. So that's what 2d10 is in this case. And um, what that means is your probability of uh, getting a nat 1 on a 20-sided die is a 5% probability. And if you add up the probability of getting a 2, 3, or 4 on the 2 dice, it's about 5%. It's like 5.5, whatever. Um, then also nat 20, our criticals will be 18, 19, 20. And since 5th edition ripped out all the garbage stuff that would expand your crit range, which was just fucking wild. Um, that is no longer a problem for us. And if you find something in expanded rules that expand your crit range, no, you may not use that. So, <laughs> um, the, um, uh, basics, that's, that's how the mechanics work. And that's, that's how, um, how we can think about that is those those numbers add up that way rob so two three and four is fail mm -hmm. 18 19 20 is crit success yes okay yeah <laughs> so you may want to maybe put it on a post-it and put it on your screen there um i was told there'd be no math yeah that's incorrect it's, they're, they're, it's the clicky clacky math rocks it's literally what yes, we're doing precisely um, what part of let's play a D and D game? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he heard it's it was Jason, being run by who knows? me. Yeah, Jason's near D and D. It's never quite D and D. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I can't D and D. Jason, D and D straight. Jason. Yeah, there's very few things I do straight. Um, so uh, the um, yes, the uh, the crit fail is two, three, four. Crit success, 18, 19, 20. And we will treat it just like all the rules state for a natural 20 or a natural 1. A um, couple things to note that a few people do differently, which is um, just at other tables, people handle this in different ways. Um, for a crit success, and we, you know, we can, let's actually discuss this. It's episode zero. It's time to decide uh, what we want to do. Um, the rulebook has a couple variations on how to handle critical success in combat. So normally what happens is if you would roll, let's say you're attacking with a sledgehammer and you're going to roll 2d6 because you got a successful hit. If you got a critical success, you would roll 4d6. You double the weapon dice. And um, that's all well and good. But in my experience, I have had many times where I got a crit success and rolled lower than the average damage you would normally get. Um, so um, an alternative that I have enjoyed playing in the past that we don't have to, I'm just putting it out there. An alternative is saying when you get a crit success, you will uh, just max your damage dice. Um, and there, there's no, not, not double dice. You don't get double the dice. You're just going to get, do a max automatically do max damage. Right. And then, roll one of your weapon dice. Uh, so you would take all of your normal damage. Let's say you, you were using a rapier Max for damage, a D8. Yeah. Um, you would do eight 
plus your dex modifier plus another d8. Is so like so if you have that a, is a question. So never mind. It's fine. Go on. So, but if your weapon has like two d six plus four, whatever, it would be those. You know, twelve plus four plus one more d six. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. Um, or we can do the double dice, which is fun to just roll a bunch of clicky clacky math rocks. Um, so uh, I'm I'm good either way. Do enemies get the same? Enemies fall under the same thing. They right? will use whatever we decide. Yeah, I'll do it the same for everybody. The the one caveat to that is um, with the two d ten rule. I've, there's a lot of discussion about this online. I did not invent this idea. But um, the uh, discussion centered around possibly having enemies roll the d20 instead of 2d10 um, so that it's a little bit swingier. Um, Also, a lot of times you all end up with really high defenses and rolling 2d10 for the enemy, they, you know, usually have lower bonuses because there's more of them, just the way the game is is balanced. Um, and so that's a that's a possibility we may have to, you know, if we get into this and we discover the enemies are just stompable and nothing, uh, then we may have the enemy switch back to rolling D20. But I don't know if that's going to happen. There's only one of us that's going to have really high AC in this. Yeah. So it might not be a thing. That's I'm going to start with 2D10 for everyone. Yeah. All right. And there's lots of ways to get around high AC. So, oh. I have a question. Uh-huh. Um, uh, does this do away with rolling with advantage and disadvantage, or do we just roll four you d10s would... for yeah. rolling? Okay. So what what you'll do though is you'll need to have two pairs of d10s, right? So maybe you want a couple red dice and a couple blue dice because it's not roll four, take the best two. That math goes just skyrockets. Um, <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's pair of dice, pair of dice, take the better of those predetermined pairs. Okay. Um, yeah. And then that informs which dice I'm going to use. Okay. Yeah. You, you will want color-coded dice for that. For sure. I just, well, I have, so I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that has the precision dice. So, uh-huh. uh, but I have, but my, my, um, World of Darkness set is is see through, and my D and D set is opaque. So they're the same color because yep. yeah, because <laughs> I have a brand and that's purple. I I hear you. <laughs> my um, dice are still stuck in quarantine. It's two cents. Oh no, uh, that's too bad. I know all of our we have a whole character cabinet there, uh, listeners. So the um. At one point, Kimmy went and took pictures of a bunch of the characters in current um, campaigns so that we could all keep playing with those characters. It was very sad that they're locked away. Um, But safety is more important than games, so there you go. Yep. Um, The the other thing you could do is, if you have advantage or disadvantage, roll, tell us the total, and roll again. (laughs) If you you only have 2d10, it's whatever. We'll, We'll make do. Um, let's see. What else do we need to know? The, uh, we're going to start at level four. I think a couple of you mentioned being level four. Um, that's where non-humans can get their first feet. And I think all of you are non-human, I believe. True. Eli, you're an elf, right? Yes, sir. Yep. That's, okay. That's still two, not human, Jason. Two changelings <laughs> and a loxodon. Okay. 
Um, yeah, this would be great. So, um, the, let's, uh, oh, also, and everyone, uh, should have their, uh, D&D Beyond page open. Yes. I did. And then for some reason, my internet on my desktop just died. So give me one second and I have to sure. pull it up. Yeah, I just messed up all the cameras, too. Jay- yeah, Jason, you're doing something wonky. Yeah, you did something wonky. Well, besides you're hanging out with you. Oh. Turn. Oh, yeah, we're uh, we're not centered. Oh, there we go. We're back yeah. in our windows. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was on me. <laughs> uh, so let's... Um, yeah, so we'll have uh, D&D Beyond open in the background. When we get our characters all set up, we're going to use this um, overlay that I've seen and some other uh, streamers use. And it is very, very cool because it's like live updates, your hit points and everything like that. You can track everything in there. Um, again, we're not going to be that numbers heavy, but it is still kind of cool that this thing does... Uh, you know, it tracks all of that stuff for you, and um, it means we can be we can dig into that a little bit more. Um, I'll actually be kind of tracking how much currency you have and your um, not literal encumbrance, probably unless it becomes an issue. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's that's all possibility. Uh, so, so in our D and D Beyond character setup. Should we have clicked encumbrance on and coins count as encumbrance? Uh, coins don't count as encumbrance. It's okay. just in a lot of D&D campaigns, people don't even really think about the currency that much. Um, and so we actually will be doing that. Okay. Um, so, so we're going to keep a, a handle on our resources is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not interested in counting every arrow and crossbow bolt, but... Um, you know, the rest of it is uh, interesting. Worth. Uh, what about, uh, you said yes encumbrance or no encumbrance? Yes encumbrance. Yes encumbrance, okay. Wait a minute. I have five players in the campaign. What really? has happened? I think I added one on accident. Aha, this, this level one I am removing from the campaign. Esther, <gasps> goodbye forever. Goodbye, Esther. We'll miss you. We, do, we never do you. That's fine. I heard she was a jerk. <gasps> okay. So we have uh, Alebas. How do you say that? Alebas. Alebas. Okay. Alebas and Nix and Ventus. Yeah. Okay. And Zay. Yep. Okay. And um, Alebas, what, uh, what um, pronouns do you use? He, him. Okay. And Nix? They. They there. Mm-hmm. And Ventus? Uh, he, him. He and Zay. They, them. They. Okay. I don't know why I put that over there. I'm right-handed and can't do anything with my left hand. So, <laughs> same but uh, left-handed. <laughs> yeah, my my left hand is a glorified paperweight. <laughs> Could it hold hold this down? <laughs> now, right. Um, 
<laughs> okay, so um, first few things we want to look at. I know a bunch of you have jumped into this already. Um, you'll want to um, use the fixed hit point type. So we're just going to go, we're not going to roll that stuff. Um, it'll give you the max hit points to start, and then it's going to give you half plus ah. one of your hit point die each level plus your con each level. Um, oh, in our group, who do we have who's, I mean, do we have anyone who is, who is really brand new to D&D? Like, sh should I get into some of the basics a little bit? I played D&D, but super long time ago, but I get the basics. Okay. I've only played D&D with you, so I know it's not real D&D. Yeah, that's true. Oh, snap. I mean, it, it's kind of the truth, though, but I've played D&D and Pathfinder on and off for 20 years. Uh-huh. And Claire's played a bunch. Yeah, I've, pl I've played I played for a while. Yeah. Um, do, uh, are we doing Milestone or XP Advancement? Milestone. Okay, great. Um, and I... Then, um, if you would like, this is an optional thing for, um, in the home tab of your character builder, um, Magic the Gathering content is acceptable. Um, uh, mechanically, but there won't be any Magic the Gathering uh, like backstory content, right? Does that sure. make sense? So whenever yeah. you add, it will be an element of uh, the, the world of Eberron. So like the Loxodon uh, race is from the Magic the Gathering. And the, um, but the, they are I, I was going to suggest the plains uh, where there are also a lot of halflings who ride dinosaurs. Um, I think it's the, no, the Arendal elves. What is that plains called? Um, uh, Eberron map. Um, but, uh, and that doesn't mean you have to be there from there, Rob, but I think that's probably where most of the Loxodon folks um are from originally. Um, sure. The Valinar. Valinar Plains. I was right the first time. Okay. Uh, oh, the Talenta Plains. Valinar is the actual jungle. So that region is is probably um, a, a good place to start. I'm going to uh, drop a link to that in our chat. I have the, the giant world anvil, um, really detailed map here that I'll, I'll drop into our um, um, chat that I keep throwing up in front of our cameras. Um it's Valinor, not Valinor, right? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. what's Valinor? What, what am I confusing that with? It's a land for, uh, it's, it's from J.R.R. Tolkien's world. Right. Yes, okay. I yeah. knew that sounded familiar for a reason. Yeah, I was like, Valinor, that's, that's, that's different. Yeah. So if you open up Slack, I dropped a, a link to um, the map of Corvair, which is the main uh, continent here. It's pretty high detail. Uh, in the bottom left corner, there's uh, an inlet called the Dagger River and the Hilt, which looks like a knife uh, going up into the mainland. And at the very bottom where it says the Hilt, it says Sharn, uh, which is the city that you all are from. Now, I don't know. You can decide whether you're from there originally, but um, and I'll let you sort of Google your own pictures of Sharn. There are just endless, endless um, images of it. Um, but things to know about Sharn is that it is highly metropolitan. 
Um, there are a couple of universities. There are um, general schools. There's, it's um, sort of Victorian era technology, but that technology is powered by magic. So um, like a, a steam engine is run by an alchemical hot rock that you drop into the boiler and it makes the water get hot and, and it the steam turns a crank like a you know steam engine does. It just, instead of a fire, you throw this ever hot rock into it and it uh, you know does the job. There are lots of little things that, um, so Keith Baker wrote this setting, Eberron, and what he wanted to explore is what would happen if we treated magic like a science and so that's kind of what uh what he accomplished here was if magic is repeatable measurable testable well that's basically science and so uh what would the world look like that embraced that concept and that's kind of what we get with eberron in eberron um lots of people learn some basic spells they learn the spell of mending or cleaning you know like a, a shopkeeper probably knows a mending spell if, if it's like a clothing shop, right? And people could come in and they'll pay them to mend their clothes. It just doesn't take very long. But, you know, they went to business school and part of it included, hey, you know, learn a spell that you should know in your business. Um, and, you know, that's a thing that a lot of people do. Just most people don't go to seven years of wizard school um, <laughs> the way that uh, a proper wizard or, or someone else would. Um so yes, there are um, there are lightning rail trains that are like high speed trains that are run by elementals. There are airships that are powered by elementals. There are um, th there are some firearms in this universe, but I'd, I'd rather steer away from that for the most part. Unless any, what, well, I guess I should check. Was anybody hoping to do a like a firearms oriented build? No. No. Okay. So let's not worry about that then. Uh, the um you know we'll just call it sort of blunderbuss era uh firearm technology and also like why go through the hassle of building a gun when you could just build a wand and you know yeah like, people carry wands and holsters um some things about sharn uh sharn is very vertical it's called the city of towers and it is um extremely it is built in a place in our in in the sort of real world of eberron it's built in a place that the the veil between our world and the plane of air is very thin. And so there's a lot of access to air magic and air elementals. And so we actually get flying cars and skiffs. We get buildings that are hovering up and down and don't have stairs up to them. You just like take a little hover car or a flying carpet or a ring of flying or whatever. These, these are just pretty common items that are around. In fact, when most visitors come into town, depending on how you get in, you coming across the bridge, there are vendors selling tokens of Featherfall. Like, hey, get your token of Featherfall. You are probably going to fall off something at some point <laughs> in here. Right. And, you know, the one use ones aren't that expensive. So it's a thing that people like if you're going to Sharn, like, oh, yeah, get your get your Featherfall thing. Um where so, I'm sorry, where on the map is it? I'm having difficulty finding it. Uh, in the bottom left, the southwest corner of the, um, if you look left of Zilargo at the bottom um, to the King's okay. Forest, uh -huh. and then bottom there left from there is Sharn. Great. Okay. I feel like I did a campaign here before. Is this oh, the probably. same? Is this the same Eberron from that was that start was in like three five? 
Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he developed it. I think for third edition, and then yeah, it, it sounds it, about right. Uh, grew into three point five and so on. Uh, he actually won a contest to. Uh, oh, cool. he, he submitted this with a bunch of people and, and was the big winner to um, create this whole world that's been around for like twenty years now. It's very exciting. Um, so the um, the city is is very vertical. It's um, you know there there is a um, I think it's a, it's run by a council of you know city managers or something. I have to double check into that. We're not going to be immediately next to that. Uh, the other big part of Eberron lore is the um, dragon marked houses, which will be more immediately important to you. Uh, dragon marked houses uh, represent people who have. They, they are actually born with the ability to do some small piece of magic that is specific to their family line. So, for instance, House Orien are uh, uh, imbued with a couple spells related to transport, like getting from here to there. Um, I think they have like a levitation spell for like moving things around. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. House Therashk is, uh, oh, and House Orien are mostly um, humans and gnomes, I think, um, and, you know, sort of variations on that. But it's passed down in a familial way, so there, there is a, a strong uh, sort of uh, component, uh, like a familial component that goes with that sort of thing. So for instance, House Therashk, which is the House of Finding, is primarily humans, orcs, half orcs, um, because it's it's passed on uh, through the family. So um, it's also well. Anyway, that's just a bit of background. Um, if anyone would like to be officially affiliated with one of those houses, we'll need to talk about that uh, because most of that is chosen either like there are actually race choices you could make. Um, for instance, there's a, a variation of the orc. Uh, race in uh, D&D Beyond that is the the dragon-marked house of Therashk orc, half-orc, that um, has some different bonuses from the, the other half-orc that's listed in there. And uh, until we can get these types of bonuses completely separated from um, one's species, which is wild, and, um, <laughs> you know, hopefully that will improve someday, but that's what we have to work with for right now. Um there's so, also feats, right? You could take individual feats to be marked. Yes. Um, right. Some of those feats require that you already have a mark, though. So um, that's that's important to know which one of those have that requirement. Uh, the other thing is you can get that mark through a background or at least just be affiliated with a house. You might be born into the family but not have a mark yourself, which ends up being sort of a point of contention sometimes. Um, also... If your mark is not as it shows up kind of like a tattoo, it, it looks like a tattoo, at least um, in most cases, and it has a very specific shape for each house. And if yours is um, like smaller on your body or lighter in shade, it's sort of less powerful or less distinctive, you know, and, mm -hmm. and um, so people who have a tattoo that's all across their whole you know, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's shoulder, um, you know. Sneeches with stars upon thars. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're very sort of uh, highly regarded and, and immediately become uh, you know, regarded in the house. And so that's just a big part of the background of the world. It's it's something we can't 
step into Eberron without acknowledging. There's a bunch of stuff we don't have to go into. Um, but then a little bit of local lore that is particularly unique to our story is um, you all living in Sharn have heard about... Uh, so it's it's springtime in Sharn, and stories have been trickling in from last year. There was a story about an island southwest across the sea called Welldown. And um, the rumors, and, if, and a lot of people are hearing that this is confirmed at this point, is that there is a, a city on Welldown uh, known as Karazosh, also called the Emerald City, because they are literally rich with gems. And it's the people who named it the Emerald City were not creative. The people of Karazosh did not name their city that. Um, but that city and the um, uh, uh, coastal uh, town across the desert from them that sort of serves as their port called Brine, the rumor is that a bunch of folks there have become undead, but are not mindless undead. They are undead folks and are allegedly just sort of living their lives. And uh, news has, has was sparse at first, and then the stories became more and more. And now people claim to have met undead folks from from Welldown. And uh, there is uh, there are rumors going around that they're uh, trying to make a name for themselves in uh, shipping and transport. And you know they a, a lot of undead folks don't have to sleep, and when they fall overboard, they can just wait to be picked up. <laughs> and like, excuse me. I'm I'm very deep underwater. Could someone please come get me? Uh, so, um, as a as a group, they're uh, wanting to reach out into the world and uh, you know make their mark. I guess it it depends on whose version of that story. Some people say they they're going to invade and convert everyone into being undead. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of talk either way about that. So uh, it'll be up to you if. Um, you know, how you want your character to interact with that. But there are um, there are aspects of Eberron where being undead does not automatically make your character evil. And in, in fact, I basically don't use the alignment system. So um, it, it feels very um, clunky to me. And so alignment is v- very much an abstract uh, property that we will sort of touch on. Uh, and... Uh, but even within that, within the world, within the lore of Eberron, there are a bunch of elves, for instance, who um, have uh, uh, developed the ability to become liches, good liches, which means they are they extend their already thousands of years life to um, more thousands of years as an undead wizard, so that they can keep watch over their family lines and they're they're a council of. Um, you know, elder liches who who look out over it. It's an island. I thought it was the Aranal Elves, but that's uh, already on the map as something else. Um, it's going to pop into my head in a minute. Um, oh, no, I think it is Aranal. I was confusing that with Valinar. Um, I think it's the Aranal Elves who have developed that technique. And so there's just a lot of rumors around that because there's also like, there's no cadre of Aranal Elves in Sharn teaching everybody how to become... Uh, a lich, if that's what you want to do with your life. Um, so that's that's a very sort of secretive thing that they've kept as a um, secret. 
There's a sentence for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's secretively kept as a secret. Right. Um, so, uh, we have some things to figure out here. Um, who among you was uh, born in Sharn? I don't... I, I was not... Okay. Uh, oh. I'm not sure where the changelings typically come from. Oh, they don't uh, have much of a congregated presence uh, because mm-hmm. most changelings hide the fact that they are changelings. I um, see. Because there's a huge amount of prejudice, or, well, at least distrust, which I guess is prejudice because you're distrusting somebody you don't know um, uh-huh. for being something. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, a lot of uh, changelings experience the world as, like, they, they pick a sort of default face and wear that mm-hmm. around most of the time. Yeah. Um, you don't have Well, then to. I lied. I, I lied. I think I am from Sharn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm from Sharn. Cool. Um, Rob, what about our, our uh, Loxodon uh, Ventus? No, I am not... From Sharn, actually, I took the. Let me look it up just so I can I can get it correctly. But I took the background mm-hmm. that was um, like far traveler, so basically oh. like yeah. very different accent, very like a lot of since since basically this is one of like the weirder races or the 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 races that people don't see a lot. Yeah, it's certainly more uh, rare. Yeah, yeah, rare, mm-hmm. not weird. That's me rare is the race yeah <laughs> so um so basically just just having that understanding that yes i am from a farther point away from sharn that it takes a long time to get to there's not a lot of trade going that way we're not a very industrious area so i just kind of wandered in and was like pretty impressed by what was going on and wanted to check it out okay okay cool so you're just a you've you've got the wanderlust and uh, that keeps you moving about a thirst for knowledge. Yeah, okay. Well, Sharn definitely has a lot of that. Um, there's, you know, some of the world's best universities are in Sharn, and uh, that's that's definitely a good place to find information. Did we get... Did anybody else get as far as ability scores in their making of characters? Or are we going to go through that? Oh, uh, yeah, so what I would like everyone to do is use the standard array, um, okay. and uh, you can drop those in however you like. Um, I'm, I'm not much of one to, uh, you know, I was joking earlier about the, the, the construction of the party having um, <laughs> three strikers and one tank, but that's not something I actually worry about in practice, um, so... I would say pick the stats that kind of fit the character idea you have in mind, but we can also talk about that stuff. I also am medium opposed to table secrets. Um, so uh, if you want to have something that's a secret about your character, that's totally fine. We don't have to bring it up. My first choice would that would be that it's a character secret, but not a player secret. So that for the most part, as players, we all know what's going on with each other, even though we're we're playing pretend and <laughs> accepting that we don't know everything about the other characters. Uh, 
But, you know, ultimately, if there's something that is is so drastic that you want to keep it to yourself for now, um, we can definitely talk that out. However, I would like to know, because I'm the GM and I need to know things. Um, well, I would think that, the, that my character wouldn't necessarily reveal that she is a changeling until she trusts people, not sure. to... Think right. she's shifty. Uh, but the, the premise of our game is that the four of you have been working together for some Fair. time and, and building those relationships. Um, okay. So, so we're going to open the game with some familiarity. Not necessarily best friends. It doesn't have to be like that. But um, you definitely, the four of you have probably done the last couple of levels of your adventuring together, which is a, a pretty sig- significant bit of time. So you'll have to figure out, you know, why have you been adventuring? Why, um, you know, why be into this uh, group in particular? And um, and then we're going to go through some uh, questions eventually using our friend Kimmy's system, Decima, um, which has... What's some- Decima? <laughs> well... What's Decima? Tell us about it. It's a... God, it's a I can't help myself. <laughs> pretty fantastic... Uh, a game d- typically played with uh, tarot cards, which we don't have access to over the internet. There actually is a digital version of it. I just um, didn't have time to get that set up and and do remotely. But uh, what I've done instead is uh, taken a spreadsheet and randomized the different sections and sent you all emails labeled do not open. And so um, we're going to secretly open those emails in order uh, in turn. And so we will uh, make do with um, uh, that way. And similarly, in Decima, if you get a question that either that you don't like for any reason, they're like, oh, this is a dumb question. I don't, don't like this. You can pass it in. And I have them all open here, and I'll just read you the next available question. Um, so that is uh, totally fine. And, what, and ideally, if everyone could make a note of the questions that they answer, um, We'll, uh, we'll keep a log of that somewhere once we're... Hopefully we'll get to play in the studio together someday, but we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, I just wanted to say uh, I assumed that just with the time, unless someone wants to be ignorant of the fact that I'm a changeling, I'm fine with the party knowing. Um, I am going to say that uh, my family group like I grew up traveling around Freeland with my family unit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not from Sharn, but like have passed through there before, but like, it's more of a, we were traders going around mm-hmm. like on a very small scale, not like merchant guild style traders, but, uh, but making ends meet and keeping to ourselves. Sure. And so, then did you, what, what made you want to come to Sharn after all? Honestly, that I when we passed through before, and I thought after what happened in my past that it would be the best way for me to find other people like me. Oh, okay. So you you want to meet other changelings or other people who uh, seek adventure, or wh- I was looking for other changelings. I okay. was like, maybe I could find a new family. Not that it'll ever replace the one I lost. Uh, and I did go. If I mean, assuming you're all right with it. I went with the um, the haunted background. And well, I didn't look over that. What does that say exactly? Or you don't have to read the whole thing, but the, the Cliff's Notes version? Oh, uh, give me one second to pull it up real quick. Is it a literal ghost? Jason's never okay, played Okay, haunted D&D. one. 
I am haunted by something so terrible that you dare not speak of it. Uh, the burden has taken its toll, isolating you from most people and making you question your sanity. You must find a way to overcome it before it destroys you. Okay. Um, yes, to a degree that's possible, but what we don't want to wind up with is the person who's so brooding and uh, solo that they don't want to do anything with other people. <laughs> no, and I could never play that person, yeah, to be honest. This is more of ties into what I texted you about on my, my magic item. Sure. Yeah, and that was uh, an uncommon item? Yes. Okay, great. Um, but listeners, I had messaged everyone ahead of time that they were welcome to pick out any uncommon or common magic item. I don't know if there are common magic items uh, that don't apply a numeric bonus and or advantage-disadvantage uh, effects. So um, there are lots of things to choose from. Um, you can sort it in D&D Beyond, which makes it really easy to find things. But... Um, has anyone else chosen their magic item? I was yeah. thinking about a magic item, but I don't know because I didn't know that much about D&D Beyond. But uh, just to give some background on Alibas is that he is of a knightly order uh, that protects ancient druids. And so he's not from Sharn. Oh, okay. And they're starting to expand out to learn more about the world. So he's kind of like on a mission. Sure. Just to learn more about the world and, and report back. Like, it's just to see, you know, how the world is doing because they are so ingrained in their ancient ways. So he's going out and, like, there's more of him or more of his order. Uh, I took the knightly re- uh, Knight of the Order background, but I'm probably going to change that because it makes it seem like you can go around and be like, hey, bros, like, I'm a part of the order, which he wouldn't be because, sure. you know, he's far away from his land. Sure. Um and again, he's a paladin of nature of the ancient. Uh-huh. So what I was thinking about for his um, for his magic item was that the colors of his like it's very leafy. Like even though it's chain, and I guess it would move on to the next armor that he had. Like it looks kind of leafy, mm-hmm. and it changes with the seasons. Oh yeah, okay. Well, th- there's um, we-, we could probably do. Is that something from the magic items list? I just made it up in my head when I was okay. thinking about the character. <laughs> That's not a problem, but I'm going to get you the link to the uh, magic items. And then um, there's probably something that does that and and then some. Uh, so let me get you that at least. Um, because I, I want you to you know have stuff from the book that you can add to your character sheet. So if we just do all items, rarity, uncommon, filter... Then um, this is some stuff that you can look over. Um, I'll drop that in our chat in our Slack so everyone can see that too. Um, so that's um, something to be aware of. Um, but yeah, I mean, we certainly can. If you don't find anything there that does what you want it to do, we can definitely have a magic item. But there are uncommon magic items that can do more than a cosmetic effect. And I don't want to shortchange you on that. So um, okay. uh, feel free to like, if you want to have some sort of magic armor, we can also say that it changes with the seasons. Like that's, that's a freebie as far as I'm concerned. So I, uh, happy to add that stuff in. Okay. Um, cool. Then I'll check it out. Okay. I found an item that I think I'd like the crossbow hand of warning. Um, this magic weapon warns you of danger while the weapon is on your person you have advantage on initiative rolls 
In addition, you and any of your companions within 30 feet of you can't be surprised except when incapacitated by something other than non-magical sleep. Right. So that, that one is that too is, much? It, well, it's, it gives you advantage on something. And oh, so that's right. You said no advantage. That's that's okay. one of the things we're going to steer clear of is is if it says like plus five to strength or it gives you advantage right. on X, then, then we're going to skip those for now. You guys are going to get magic items. Don't worry. Oh, sure. But uh, as far worried. as this point... Um, I ain't even mad. I want something uh, a bit more benign. So the magic item I had messaged you about was the ring of mind shielding. Uh-huh. Uh, while wearing this ring, you're immune to magic that allows other cre- uh, creatures to read your thoughts. Uh, determine whether you're lying, know your alignment, or know your creature type. Creatures can telepathically communicate with you only if you allow it. You can use an action to cause the ring to become invisible until you use another action to make it visible or until you remove the ring or if you die. Uh, if yep. you die, if you die while wearing the ring, your soul enters it unless it already houses a soul. You can remain in the ring or depart for the afterlife. As long as your soul is in the ring, you can telepathically communicate with any creature wearing it. Mm-hmm. But wearer can't prevent this telepathic communication. Ah, okay. So I am so based on the haunted one background. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that the the being that was haunting me was the soul inside the ring okay. that I was wearing. Yeah. I, I, I cannot block them from my mind that they are. And as we get through or whatever, we can figure out more details about exactly what that is. I have some ideas, but sure. and just I don't to, want to take up a bunch of time here. That, well, just to sort of think through the implications, does that suggest that the, someone was wearing that ring died and you took the ring from them? Is that kind of yeah. how that would happen? Because you have to be wearing the ring to be to enter the ring when you die, right? Yes. Okay. This okay. this implicates like be in stealing this off of someone's dead body or getting it later. Yeah, but yeah. lots I'm of ways that that could happen. Thing, which is which is I t- I took it off a cold dead finger. Well, maybe maybe it was <laughs> good a good reason friend. for good reason. Yeah, I, yeah. There could be lots of good reasons to do that. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we had the mechanics of that in place. Um, and yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it doesn't say that. Um, like the next wearer would have to like get it from that person. It can go through. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, you have to get it from the previous owner. Yeah, it could be like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Hey, <laughs> get that reference. I, I've never seen it either. I just know the title, and I've always liked the title of that movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I've never seen it either, but I believe, despite them all being different shapes and sizes, somehow these pants actually fit all of these women. Yeah. That's... So what you're saying is that they were jeggings. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, jeggings. <laughs> yeah, it's jeggings. Got it. They're, they're, they're really expensive jeggings. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's check in. Are there any questions in, you know, we're all in the character builder right now. Um, is there anything in there that you're wondering about how to proceed, what to set? Um, I had also noted to give yourself the best um, mundane armor and weapon uh, that you can get. Um, so non-magical. Your level four, you would have you know acquired these things at some point. Uh, Pooja, I went with rapier mm-hmm. as my weapon, and I got a moon-touched rapier. So basically, it glows in the dark. Oh, cool! Is that all? It just glows in the dark. Yeah, it's 1d8, like, it's the same, it's regular, like, the same damage as another common rapier, it's just this one, in darkness, the unsheathed blade sheds moonlight. 
What if you don't? So it's want bright it to? light. Then you got to make it have be sheathed. Okay. Uh, then I like I it liked very that. much. I liked that. Like, it isn't always going to be good, but yeah. I knew that when I picked it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, okay. Um, Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I messed up on the uh, on the magic item. So I'm going through trying to find something that might work that is not bonus giving. Ah, yeah, okay. And then when you say when you say uh, the best mundane item, um, are you talking like masterwork? Or are you talking like I'm? What was that? Um, well, under f- for let's see, you're a warlock. That's the rumor, right? So you would get. Um, I think you're allowed light armor or medium armor. Uh, I actually don't wear armor because my natural armor is higher than anything I can get. Oh, I see. As a loxodon. Okay. Yeah. The implication was just like if you get light armor, go get studded leather. Um, if you gotcha. can wear heavy armor, like our paladin, I just give yourself plate mail. It's expensive, but what else would a paladin like? You would immediately invest in plate armor as soon as possible. So yeah. Okay. Um, you know, if you get medium armor, get yourself a breastplate. It's it's uh, like one of the best armors in the game, honestly, um, because it doesn't. It's medium armor. It doesn't hinder your stealth rolls. Like it's incredible. Um, so, uh, lots of things to consider there, but I guess in, in some cases, yeah, get yourself the best armor or weapon means you're not going to get that much, uh, because you're, you're not, but that's why I'm not making people pay for it either. So, um, yeah, also when you get to the equipment section, it has, um, starting equipment or gold, Um, choose gold because I'm just giving you the starting equipment. Like basically you're getting both. Okay. So choose gold on that and then just add things without paying for them (laughs) because you're not level one adventurers, right? You're, you've been doing this for a while. Um, so yeah. Are we, so when I chose gold, it said three D four times 10. Is that what we're going for? Cause there's a drop down here. Uh, yeah, it's, let's see, how do we do that per level? Um, there's, there's a calculation for that. Hold on. Um, We can, I think there's a way that we can also, um, you know, just do the items themselves and then also just add gold in later. Um, if that's easier. Um, um, well, if you do the starting gold, uh, and then just add in the equipment. Like you, you can just go through the, the shopping menu and just add it to your mm-hmm. sheet. Um, that that works pretty well. Um, okay. I'm I'm not going to track um, rations or torches or things like that. So crossbow bolts. No. <laughs> okay. So uh, you know, little things like that. I'm I'm going to assume you have. If it becomes important, like, oh, you all got dunked underwater, then I'm going to say, okay, none of your torches work. What do you have? Oh, a moon blade. Okay, great. <laughs> um, you know, like, it, the the challenge of the adventure is not going to be you can't see in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if somebody has low light or dark vision, that's going to come into play and will be helpful. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's see. So the starting gold... 
Exchange rates? No, who cares? Well, Patrick Rothfuss cares, that's who. <laughs> I mean, I was wrong about the 3D4 thing. There is, you can just input 3 to 12 times 10 GP. Oh, okay. So, um, like, how much starting gold do you want us to have is basically the answer. Yeah, there's supposed or to be a thing both. for that here under wealth. Um, yeah, when you are when you make your background, you can say, like, I'm comfortable, I'm wealthy, I'm... Yeah, but you're supposed to pay for those. So the implication is that those are costing you coin. Um, uh, and so, uh, you know what? Let's just take, since it's only level four, this isn't going to skew too high. Um, roll whatever it says there. I'll trust you to be honest and multiply it by four. Y'all will have different amounts. Uh, and that'll be a goodly amount of money to start out with. And Wait, so if I hit randomize, it came up with 10 and then that gives me a hundred GP. So do you want me to multiply that by four? Yeah. Yeah. You can have 400 GP at fourth level. Okay. Sorry. It's not, um, I'm... I mean, that's a lot of money, but you're not, like, filthy, stinking rich. I I just have no idea. Inflation is... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, <laughs> you know the, what I mean? Like, I don't... I, I'm never um, quite... Sure. So, I'll give you some examples. Um, under heavy armor, splint mail is 200 gold and plate is 1,500, right? So, having 400 is, is not the end of the world. Um, you know... Uh, Where are we seeing the gold part? I'm totally missing this. Should be uh, character builder equipment, um, and then currency in the, in the top left corner of your equipment tab. It says mm-hmm. manage or currency by the little blue arrow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you click on currency, and oh, that doesn't have the role for gold. Is that under more? It's under. Um, oh yeah. When you you're click- in items. It's under, like... Um, if you go to equipment positions. and click more, that's over by the blue arrow on the right, um, then... You're starting equipment? Yeah, and then click uh, gold instead of equipment. And then, because we're multiplying times four after the randomization, mm-hmm. if you go like up next to manage, there's a little currency thing. Click on that. And you oh, can yeah, and change, then you can just and you can manually put input right. how much yeah. you're supposed and to you, have. And we're rolling. I'm sorry. Well, what are we rolling for this? It'll be different for you, um, for each person. I mean, so if you go to the more menu, and well, actually, we don't. I, I can just tell you what to roll. Um, you're uh, Claire. You're the rogue, right? Yes. So you're going to roll four d four times okay. ten gold. Okay. Does anyone else need their dice? Uh, Paladin, you're going to roll 5d4 times 10. I'm just rolling d4 four times. Yay. Six, five. <laughs> Three. I think I might need to retool my stats around, but I don't know if we could just do. I could do that later. You want me to go look? Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to uh, jiggle numbers around uh, as we go. Like if you do something, you're like, "Oh, why did I do that? I didn't understand how this works." Um, happy to do that, but I'll just I'll look at your abilities right now too. 
Because um, I think the best um, armor I can wear is breast mail. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's accurate. Um, let me well, I can at, wear it. It's just I don't know if I... Let me look at your class. Isn't it sure. heavy armor? Um, right, so well, I just want to... His, his, like, individual thing may have reduced that, so I'm just checking. Uh, no, you have access to all armor, all shields, and all um, simple and martial weapons. So oh, um, you should have plate mail, um, which means you don't need a dexterity bonus uh, because you're not really going to be doing ranged attacks. And when you're in plate mail, you don't get to use your dexterity bonus. Um, so you you probably want to swap your dexterity and your strength around. Um, okay. Because you're going to use strength for all of your attacks. And uh, Constitution looks pretty good. Are we doing Standard Array? Sorry if I missed yes. it. Yeah. Cool. Because that's I, what I had set up. <laughs> I go to the Church of Standard Array. I think it's the one of the best things to have happened to D&D. Is it plate mail, Jason? Uh-huh. Um, actually, Eli, if you're okay with it, do you mind if I swap these numbers around a little bit and then see what you think? Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I have all, I have access to everyone's numbers. So, um, oh. Jason's already trying to mess with the player. Uh, Look at that railroad railroad. I don't really have to try. I was going to say that it's, uh, it's actually more like, oh, Hey, making a character in D and D, even when you're using a streamlined character creator like D&D Beyond, which I was saying in chat, I love this, uh-huh. uh, is still like a lot of choices and a lo- like and can still be confusing. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing D&D for a really long time, and I'm still like, oh, which do I want to put this like? Do I want to put my higher number in strength, or do I would would I rather put it in wisdom, which yeah. is what I'm looking at now? And I probably am actually going to switch those two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like one of the things I can do here, um, Eli, is I can put your eight into dexterity, and then the the plus two that you get from being an elf will bring you back up to a ten. Mm-hmm. And because um, I originally thought of that, but then I was looking at rapier. Because I was trying to not be so mimicking. Oh well, it's. Are you also going to go rapier? This is going to be so fun. We're gonna uh, have I know. Now I'm changing it. Yeah, I think you're going to want a bigger weapon. You, you don't. You don't want to. Uh, I mean, it's just the the paladin doesn't um, like. Wait, what's the right word? It doesn't honor that choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it. It. Um, it, yeah, punishes you for attempting to be original. I'm running a game that has a pally that uses a rapier, and he he crits all the time because his dice love him, and he still only does like one d8 plus two. Yeah, oh no, and it's like, oh, could you? You're the paladin, right? <laughs> could you please do your dot? Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to decide between whether you want. A, a big two-hander, like a great sword or a maul, uh, or if you want a long sword with a shield, and then the long sword can double; it can be one-handed or two-handed. Um, so yeah, I was going to take the long sword because I wanted to take. I took a shield feat because of like the backstory of that his order 
Mm-hmm. Like their thing is that they actually are the protectors of the Druid, oh, yeah. of the Druid Council. So that's the reason. Like I'm going to aim more towards, and I took protector for Paladin. Uh huh. So that's kind of like his thing, rather than being Berserk. Yeah, very cool. Which is probably also really good for your health, just seeing as you're also the healer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, pal- the, the thing that, that Paladins have it tough as is they have to be good at like four different stats. So that's, that's where you get worked over a little bit. Uh, the thing you may want to consider is instead of taking a feat at fourth level, um, you might want the two plus ones instead. Um, because if okay. you drop that into, uh, oh, actually now your wisdom balanced out cause you're a wood elf. So only your strength would benefit. Yeah. Never mind. You, you should definitely take the feet at, at fourth level. Um, folks listening, uh, you can either take two plus ones to your stats, uh, which can go into the same stat or two different ones, or you can take a feat. And the feats in fifth edition are so flipping good. Like, oh, they're so nice. I, I have a hard time imagining when I would take a stat bonus versus a feat. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I no, took a stat I was bonus to say, out of habit. Yeah. I, yeah. So did I. Like, you're, my you're first, welcome to. My first I'm, thought was take a stat bonus. I'm not saying you shouldn't because that might feel like the right move for your character. But for me, when I look at what feats can do versus getting a plus one to my roll in best case scenario, um, you know, like if I put both points into charisma, I now have a plus one to all my charisma rolls, but that benefit versus like athlete where I can climb at full speed and get up for five feet of movement instead of half my speed and plus one strength and blah, blah, like the feats just do so much stuff. Um, and, and also are really interesting character choices, um, that, they it, it actually is a hard decision to decide, like, do you want bonuses to two different stats or, or plus two to one stat, or do you want a feat? Like, they've really weighted the feats to be worth that choice, and so um, I'm, I'm a big fan of that design-wise. Um, uh, I took adamantium armor as the magical armor. Uh, oh, yeah, so as your, as your magic item as well? Yeah. Because that's an uncommon... Yep. Cool. Um, let me double check the adamantine. I know it's uncommon. I just want to look at it because it's pretty. So pretty. Um, adamantine plate. So, Jason. Yeah. Um, my character, having grown up in this city of towers. Is it reasonable that someone might have given them at some point a ring of feather falling? Um, uh, yeah, you want to take that as your magic item? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, and I will also say for everyone, and th- this can be your choice. Maybe you don't want the ring. I'm going to give everyone a token of feather falling, which is a single use magic item that gets burnt up. Like it, it doesn't regenerate. Um it's just a thing that people who live in Sharn keep one of these in their pocket. Like, it's just, you know. Well, and I was just thinking, like, you know, they've lived there the whole lives. They probably, like, they, yeah, they like probably were. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's absolutely reasonable that you would have a ring of Featherfall. But if you don't want to take that and you just want the token of Featherfall, that's okay, too. Maybe you're good at not falling off of things and... <laughs> 
you just keep a token, just in I case. I mean, I do have a pretty good dex. But um, also... <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, the adamantine armor for folks listening on just means uh, I cannot crit against the paladin, which is fine. Um, and I, I was just double checking because some items um, change the rarity if you get it at like this level versus this level. But plate is also just uncommon. So, um, yep, it would be... Um, Eli, the one thing I want you to think about is where you found it, because you certainly could not afford it, right? This thing is worth thousands of gold. Um, okay. And uh, and it, if you want it, you could, we can say the armor changes color with the the uh, seasons and all that, or maybe that's an aspect of you. Like, any armor you put on changes with the seasons. So that's fine. Um, okay. However you want to do that is totally cool. Um, any other character builder questions? I'm snooping through everyone's stuff right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, scoping out the feats now because I was like, oh, you know, just it's been so long since I played 5e, like, and then even then I only did like half a campaign, I think, with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, we didn't get too far in that. So I got like when I built my character, I was very much in my my old school days of like, of course I'm going to choose t- my ability scores. Because mm. feats are a terrible thing for a spellcaster. No, there's there's some good ones in there. You might like spell sniper. Um, you might like warcaster. Um, oh, the warlock is probably going to be more interested in warcaster. Um, uh, I'm going to be in the back, dude. Warcasters oh. for, for that are up front. Okay, what's um, like, I am going to be, gonna be in the, the back with the healer. Oh, oh yeah. The spell, the blade soul is going to be up in the middle of everything. Um, yeah, which is actually stuff I wanted to talk to you about because uh, because generally, like, it's like okay, so I'm using my my weapon as a focus and it is a one hander, mm-hmm. so I could use my other hand to do kind of other components of my magic. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, you know, way back in the day. Trying to cast a spell like right next to somebody would provoke an attack of opportunity. Um, yeah, well, what what it is now is if you do a ranged attack while someone is in melee with you, you take disadvantage on the attack. Um, however, Blade Soul Sorcerer cannot cast ranged spells. Um, yeah, because so, all of my ranges are five feet or less. Yeah, I, I should. we should probably mention a little bit about that. Do you want me to talk about it or do you want to get into that? Either way, um, I'll, I'll give the the Cliff Notes version for folks. The the Blade Soul Sorcerer that I'm working on is is meant to be a like melee sorcerer, uh, so they're relatively squishy because they're a sorcerer. Um, however, they get a few things like um, Mage Armor doesn't account doesn't count against your spell slots, um, so you can just cast Mage Armor as much as you want, and you get some temporary hit points. It, it mirrors um, a lot of the other sorcerer um, builds, um, but it gives you some advantages up close. And the trade-off is that all of your spell ranges, um, if they're greater than five feet, are reduced to five feet. So you can take Fireball if you want, but you're going to cast it right here. So. <laughs> I've looked, like, when I... I have to say, like, when I was going through to pick my spells... 
there was a lot of like me going know that it's going you have a five foot range Mm -hmm. but that brought up another question because like it so that's the range of me casting it but does that mean that the effects only go that far or do the effects go out like normal but the range? no no no. so if you cast fireball for instance it has a what eight square or whatever whatever the radius is i think it's four radius so it goes out nine across nine by nine square I think Um, if that's the case, yeah, it's just it also says you can throw it like 100 feet away or something. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of my question. The area of effect is is not changed. So it's just how far away you can cast it is the the theme is that you're you're trapping all of the magic inside of your body and channeling Mm -hmm. it into combat prowess. And, yes, and I love this so much. And so you, you, you're trying not to, you, you can't send the magic far away. Um, but if you set off fireball at your feet, it will affect the normal area of effect. Um, awesome. if, if you cast sleep, it will uh, do the normal area of effect. Um, but it will, you will be in the area of effect until you take like careful casting med- meta magic or something like that. So, um, um, I, I would say that. Rob would be much more interested in small spell sniper based on that than I would. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're you're not gonna that you will get almost no use out of spell sniper. <laughs> well, yeah, zero zero use. Uh, but add that ring of fire protection so that you can drop the fireball right at your feet. What what uh, I have my, my you take? oh yeah, I took a. Uh, Quickened and subtle. Um, those are good. The um, you may not want subtle. I mean, you can take subtle if you want, but since you can use your weapon as a focus, having a, a magic focus means you don't have to complete the somatic and verbal components. Of oh, a spell. fantastic! I was also going yeah. to message you about that later. What I since so, this shouldn't be all about me. Well, I mean, but that's fine. That's what we're doing right now. It, and so you you would want subtle, like if somebody takes your weapons away and you want to cast subtly, you you wouldn't be able to without this meta magic, right? Um, if somebody takes your weapon away, you have to do all the like verbal and somatic components of your spells. But um, that's uh... that's up to you. Um, so Rob, obviously you didn't take the Hexblade, uh, Warlock. What, uh, what kind of Warlock are you making? Um, it, it's more of a defensive Warlock. Oh, um, a great old one. Yeah. So kind of moving people around, uh, is sort of my goal. Yeah. At least, uh, from an idea standpoint, let's see if it rubber meets the road when we actually start, sure. um, rolling your mythical broken system. Um, <laughs> But um, but there were like a couple questions that I had, and that I think like I picked, I picked my focus to be wand. I can't I can't find where I picked my focus anymore. Um, but I felt like this character was more of like he had like the a quarter staff, you know, just like walking stick. He's very mm-hmm. like monkish in the sense of like you know, kind of always walking around, always. And, and damn it, Eli, I wish I knew you were taking protector of druids because that was my alternate. I was thinking about making a druid. But oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but uh, um, but yeah. So very very monkish in that sense. So like I don't. I never purchased or I never got a wand. 
um, but was thinking more of like that the focus is really just on the staff. You know, the staff that I carry around, that's mm-hmm. where everything kind of, um, like all the energy that I focus goes through that. Yeah, I mean, we can say your your staff is a sort of plus zero magic focus. That's fine. Okay, cool. I took Twinned instead. Oh, yeah. Twinned is very good. Uh, and uh, you'll probably want to put careful on your short list eventually as well. Uh, yeah. Or not. But for now, <laughs> well, honestly, for now, I haven't. I I chose my spells kind of carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the future, like knowing that there's room for future growth. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably level up at least a couple times. Um, it's it's tricky in our time frame, you know. We're uh, we've got eight episodes after this, so we'll we'll just um, we'll do what we can. We'll try and hit some milestones and have fun while we go, and we'll see where we end up. Uh, uh, which I guess, speaking of Rob, do you want to talk about what spells? I haven't looked up Warlock in a long time. So I didn't actually look at kind of what uh, oh, what yeah, spells they can take. That's or a good like call what... for like spell overlap. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, obviously Eldritch Blast, uh, which is going to be my my bread unt butter. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chill Touch and Infestation are the other two cantrips that I that I took. Nice. Um, I also did Armor of Agathes, which does cold um, if someone tries to hit me. So assuming they break through you and Eli, I still have some protection of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, the Arms of Hadar, which is all the tentacle goodness that comes up and screws up people. Oh, I love the tentacles. I know. It's so good. Uh, cause Fear. Uh, I do have a familiar, a familiar. Um, hold person and mind spike were. Oh yeah, the mind spike is one of. Oh is a nice! Really I good looked at level spell. I looked at mind spike as well. I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up taking so I took booming blade, mm. uh, which like you cast it. It's a cantrip, and you cast it, and if they move, they take damage and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, firebolt, which. I feel like it's kind of misnamed. It's like you throw a spark of flame at something. Yeah. It If it's not like on a person, it could catch fire. But yeah. Otherwise, it's a little bit of fire damage. Prestidigitation, because how could you not? Sword burst and true strike. Mm-hmm. My first level spells are absorb elements, which if there was a, a spell more made for this subclass... I don't know what it is. Uh, it was it's certainly on my mind. <laughs> it's like a reaction. So if somebody casts something at you, like if you're taking damage of an elemental nature, you can do this as a reaction. You will mm-hmm. absorb the elements, and then it goes into your next melee strike. Sure. Uh, detect magic, because what kind of magic user would I be if I didn't have detect yes. magic? And, and to be clear, it... it what you cast it on yourself, and you can see at the normal range, right? It's yeah. not you can only see magic items that are five feet away from you. Uh, it so. would be like being super nearsighted, right? Which is what? its own amusement. Is it, is it magic? <laughs> I think it's magic. Um, and expeditious retreat, mm-hmm. which um, 
is a spell that gives allows me to use dash every round that yep. I maintain my concentration, basically. Yeah. Uh, for ten minutes. Yeah. One one thing as a bonus action, I would note is you you do have a number of concentration spells here, which can get a little bit tricky in melee combat, which I'm sure you know. Yes. Um, but uh, that's just something to think about. So if, if it winds well, up- my only concentration spells that I would be using. Because I took... So my second level spells are Dragon's Breath and Enhance Ability. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Dragon's Breath I would use in combat. That makes sense to me. However, Enhance Ability I thought I would be using more. I wanted to take a mix of combat and non-combat skills. Yeah. And Enhance Ability to me was more of a outside of combat. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Situation. Um, and it could be the same with Expeditious Retreat, actually. Like, I wanted stuff that I could use... In both ways. So I thought um, in terms of like me using my spell casting, like my cantrips are actually going to be a lot more useful to me right now mm-hmm. in combat for versus, but like I wanted a mix inside sure. my, inside my spells to. Is someone taking One mage my... hand as a cantrip? Uh, I don't think anyone's taking mage hand. It can be very, very helpful Especially, about him. yeah. Mm. My uh, my campaign had to cross a river, and so my sorcerer just took the took the rope across the river oh, yeah. and tied it to a tree. Yeah, that's good stuff. It was um, great, but I wasn't. I didn't want to take precedentation and mage hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Eli, did you take some spells? I know you don't have mage hand, but um, oh, I sure do. Got one spell. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get no spells. Strike. Yeah. So if I if I smack somebody with the longsword, then oh, they have to make yeah. a strength saving test or a saving throw or be restrained by magical binds. Right on. Oh, and you get to speak with animals for free, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, nice. I like And that. then also, uh, because I'm playing uh, Paladin of the Ancients, my turn is not for undead. It's for fey and fiends. <sighs> okay. That's cool. I, I really yeah. like the Oath of the Ancients, the Nature Paladin. I think there's a lot of cool content in there. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a na- another divinity for Nature's Wrath, which is another spectral vine spring up and reach for a creature within 10 feet of you that you can see. Cool. So. Very cool. Um, yeah. And uh, Nyx, how are you doing on your, your stats and whatnot? Um, I think I'm done. I always forget something, though. So, you know, feel free to check my work. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's also fine to uh, come back to it and go like, oh, I can't believe I forgot X. And yeah. Then, um, we'll try to update it. Ideally, not in the middle of a combat, but, you know, right. shit happens. So. Realizing I haven't played a rogue in 5e because I was like, okay, and where are my cantrips? Oh, but yeah. I don't get... Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, although the Arcane Trickster gets some spells if you if you go down that road, but... Um. I did I did Mastermind instead. Oh, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I'm kind of picturing them as a very, like... I, one of the, re- the reasons I wanted a, the Ring of Featherfall is I picture them as, like, being like, well... If you're, uh, 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 if you want me to pay you, I guess that's just a problem you're going to have to face. And like they step backwards off a ledge, uh. and like that's how they escape the conversation. And then they shift their face, <laughs> and they can never find him again. I love it. So I yeah, love it. okay. I think of them as kind of a kind of a jerk. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, 
So, um, before we move on to our Decima questions, are there any character builder things uh, that we should address? Knowing we can always come back to this, but are there any character builder things we should address before we move on to the next thing? Uh, the only thing I just wanted to make sure that was cool was taking a rope of climbing. Uh, yeah, I think so. Does it give you advantage on climbing? I don't think so. I think it just animates stuff up, and it can carry like three thousand pounds. Let me. Oh well, that's fine. Let me confirm a hundred percent. Oh, you found it. Yeah. Um, it can adjust its length and make a knotted rope. Oh, and a knotted rope gives you advantage to climbing. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Um, okay. Cool. Sure. I don't have a problem with that. Because I don't have toes. So it makes it more difficult for me to climb. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm trying to imagine climbing without my toes right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> how how it's big tricky. are you? How big is your loxodon? Um, that's a good question. Let me Personal see. Personal question. I mean, medium yeah. creatures have to be under like seven feet or something. Yeah, so I think that it... Um, or eight feet? I don't remember. It actually doesn't say. I don't know. Wait, all I know is that I'm considered one one size category larger when it comes to carrying and dragging things. Ah, okay. Um, but I think I max out where um, where medium is. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're probably over seven feet tall. And thick. Yeah. You can tell this is role-playing. Uh-huh. Yes. It's funny, gang, because Rob's real short in real life. Not real <laughs> short. Just mildly below average. Extremely, extremely short. Super short. Small hands. <laughs> Do you smell like cabbage? Because then you'd be a carny. Uh, I used to be a carny. Yeah, funny story. I used to be a carny at the LA County Fair. I'll tell you That's stories. not quite the same. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. I'll tell you stories. <laughs> Please don't. So I watched this episode of uh, of Criminal Minds once, and it involved carnies, blah blah blah. And the the pivotal scene where they went and found the carnies, they shot in the parking lot behind the Joanne's and Glendo mm. back before the new Joanne went up, the sure. fancy Joanne that is now. I lived like three blocks from there and like didn't sleep for a week. Okay. <laughs> I was like, ah, creepy clown business. All right. Well, we'll just uh, leave the clowns behind. And, Please um, do. Let's, uh, were there any other character builder questions? Okay. We can always um, come back to it. It's not a forever hold your peace kind of thing. So uh, forever hold your pizza. The... Um, um, the next thing I'd like to go into is our uh, our Decima questions. But before we do that, we have to do a little bit more thorough introduction of who your characters are, um, how you came to be in Sharn. Um, and maybe before we do that, even, we should decide... Oh, buddy. <laughs> he, he seemed distraught. Uh, he asked me if I was on Happy Jacks. I oh, think that's yeah. what concerned him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Um, listeners, we had a, a, a mini Rob come into view. 
Um, so um, we should decide roughly where you all would have run into each other, interest-wise, and then um, we can get into introductions a little bit more detailed. Um, there is a literal adventurer's guild in the city um, that, you know, sort of codifies the, the classic D&D adventurer concept. Uh, there's a university, there's a docks, um, there is an airship uh, pier up way up in the sky where airships dock. Um, you're also on the dagger, uh, the, um, no, what's it called? The hilt. Um, yeah, you're in, in the hilt of the dagger river and that is a, a busy port. Um, so there are lots of places that you all could have met up. You have done some adventuring together. So, um, I want to figure out where all you met up and at least one adventure that you all did together. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I know that my character uh, typically fronts, uh, like, th- when they typically appear, um, they're kind of, like, uh, genderly and racially ambiguous. Like, they've got slightly pointy ears. They're kind of medium height. Um, they have shaggy hair. They've got, you know, they've got a swell at their chest, but you don't know if it's that's, that's the armor or, or not. Um, and, um, but they, they also look fairly young. Um, but since you all, since we've all been adventuring together, you would know that my care that Nyx is actually like 80. Oh, okay. But because Nyx is a changeling, um, you know, the only, the only time you notice that is that at, at the end of the adventure is Nyx goes to bed because they're tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine that. I, that uh, I would probably find these young whippersnappers um, at the event at the Adventurers Guild looking for somebody to make make me feel young again. Sure, that could ah. work. Is anyone opposed to making the Adventurers Guild part of our background? No, I, I mean it's a lot of um, it's a really common way for folks who are new to the city to come in and um, you know meet. Uh, level up. Um, it's like grinder, as far as I understand grinder. <laughs> no, it's not anything like that. Um, <laughs> who are you nodding at, Rob? Are you nodding? I don't at- understand. Oh my! I'm dear. nodding at you, buddy. I don't know what you're looking at, though. I'm just gonna go back to chat, which is debating whether. Uh... You or Nick are taller? Oh, Nick is like a foot taller than me. And then whether Nick is taller than Abria? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. These are, I don't these think are... I've ever seen Nick actually stand up. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, or something. Like, uh, yeah. He is taller than most people. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Adventurers Guild. Um, Eli, how did um, Alabas turn up at the Adventurers Guild? I was thinking that maybe Ventus and Alibas had adventures coming to the city. Because since we're both coming from different areas, that maybe along the road there, that they got into some sort of shenanigans. And I'm thinking Ventus and Alibas probably went to the Adventurers Guild. 
to look for more people to help remedy whatever the issue was. Okay, I like that idea. Uh, Ventus, what do you think about that? I am fully supportive. Okay, so you all came in to the Adventurers Guild to solve a problem that you had heard about outside of the city? Yeah. Like we're looking for a fighter and a cleric, and then we ended up with a thief and a... Now you nailed it. First try. Like you do. You did it. <laughs> You're looking for a cleric. You got a, a rogue, a warlock, and a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> That's a sorcerer at that. <laughs> with a rapier, no less. Like a stabby sorcerer. Stabby, a stabberer. Stab- sorcerer <laughs> yeah. stab? Yeah. It was, it was a slow day at the Adventurer's Guild. Everybody else went out on something big. Yeah. We just got the dregs. Who wants to fight the dragon? We do. Mm-hmm. They all got up super deliver. late that day. Um, <laughs> could I make a suggestion that um, you all had, um, if if you had come in from the east, the two of you, um, maybe you would have passed through Zilpar, Zilspar um, on the lightning rail. Zilspar is, I don't know what it actually is in game, but now it's a mining town. Um, because I'm thinking of Feldspar, and um, the mines were overrun with something, uh, maybe, you know, uh, m- monsters of some kind. And I, um, I don't even see it as being that, like, aggrandized. I think it's just something super small that the two of us were like, oh, man, we need some help. Sure. Like something super basic. I mean, you know, I don't like so. So you're talking about mines being overrun by, you know, potentially tens or hundreds of things. I'm thinking like, oh, man, that bugbear there is really kicking that poor woodcutter. Maybe we should go get some people. Uh, I, I like what you're thinking of, but like by the time you go into the city and go to, you know, you're like talking about popping into New York to get a couple mm-hmm. people and come back <laughs> while somebody's getting beat up. A hundred percent. So I don't know if the scale fits of uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> like it takes days to go into the city and, and get to the adventurers guild and take post-its so, off of the wall and call the numbers and wait to hear back. And, you know, <laughs> so maybe it's not quite that tiny, but right. still something that the two of us potentially could have handled on our own. And and again, Eli, like if you guys more like hard charging and stuff like that, for, feel free to call me off on this. But just playing it like super conservatively, like ooh, man, there's there's three of them and two of us. We need to go get some help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be back at level one, level two. I don't know, Eli. What do you think? I can kind of see that because since they are outsiders, they don't want to be labeled as hey, those guys showed up from somewhere else and then just started rampaging across the countryside. Sure. So yeah. I think I'm in agreement with like, hey, let's try to get some locals that maybe we could try to hash this out, but then it didn't turn out to be that way. Yeah. Think of the optics. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, think okay. of the optics. So that means that... So you um, got yourselves a couple of changelings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get didn't know what the yes. Get you a changeling who can do both. Yeah. Um, uh, I like to think that we, Nick's... And I, and I knew each other sure. for this a little bit, just because I feel like I would have when yeah. I came to Sharn. 
kind of sought out some changelings to see if I could form a sense of that community. Sure. Sure. Yeah. There's probably there's probably a, a, a network of changelings in the city too that, that sort of get in touch with each other, you know, being a relatively small group and wanting to protect each other and, and you know, look out. Well, um, and just like the, you know, the rogues have the rogues can't, I imagine change, changelings have something similar like passwords or, you know, ooh, like something idea. that kind of says like, like there's a change in this, is it, you know, a, some kind of speech pattern that says like, hey, I'm a changeling. I think yeah, you might like be our, too. Or like a sixth sense kind of situation. Yeah. You're like, like me. A Peter Tingle. Yes. We have a, we have a Peter we Tingle. Have a, okay. We have a Spider-Verse. Yes. I love it. That's that's yes. not in the material, but it, it is now. Um, <laughs> that's, okay. Uh, Could you not call it my Peter Tingle, please, Aunt May? Changeling <laughs> Tingle. Okay. So changelings can identify each other like vampires can. Yeah. Um, mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I, I suppose if you want to put it in role-playing terms, God. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, watch how you speak of the kindred. Uh, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what we're going to do is, um, why don't we do our introductions, and then we're coming up on two hours, and I don't know if anyone else could use a break, but I know I could. So why don't we do our introductions, <laughs> say who are, who, you know, are, are a little bit more about our characters, and then when we come back from break, we'll do our Decima questions. Um, folks, if you're, if you're watching live, I'm just going to... Um, mute our screens and we'll we'll keep streaming live so you can uh, hang out here and listen for us to come back um but uh let's go through uh claire give us a little more detail about nix can someone else go first i haven't done this yes thank you eli (laughs) oh darn it (laughs) why don't you just make rob go first i know you want him to rob go go first like (laughs) Rob, go first. Um, Set the sure. bar. Sure, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go down this path. Uh, I am, as as Jason mentioned, a Loxodon warlock. These are elephant people that are coming from the Magic the Gathering um, source book, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so, uh, coming from the plains on the other side of the Mornlands from Sharn. Um, it's not actually a we are a big people but there are not a lot of us right so um but we also tend to kind of wander away from each other uh we each have our you know ranges would be too animalistic but you know while there's a sort of a couple of central villages we tend to spread out because in the plains like obviously you have a ton of land but but since we're such big people, like we don't want to be confined. And so um, I became fascinated with kind of what else was out there. And so walking along one day, uh, uh, I ended up upon, um, you know, something in the forest. And I, quite, I haven't quite figured this out yet. And so, Jason, if you have any ideas, I'm willing to listen this one time um, of of a something that was trapped and basically decided, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, like, like I'm going to go help it out. And it ended up being, um, an old one. Um, Mm. so that, uh, and then, you know, they, we kind of had a conversation and it sort of took a fancy to me and, and kind of what I was doing and sort of my, my mental way of thinking about things and, you know, said, Hey, 
let me help you out a little bit. Me being open to things was like, sure, mm. you know, this is, this sounds fine to me, you know, some power and, you know, I can help you, you can help me. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, so, you know, kind of meandered along and, and basically it's, it's not quite Kang from Kung Fu walking the earth, mm-hmm. but, but I realized the planes were just kind of boring. Right, like we everything we we believed in was still sort of um, pre-industrial, and it just wasn't. There wasn't that excitement out there. There wasn't that uh, level of. You're uh, looking for that hustle was, and bustle. Kind of, yeah, but it was all sort of mundane, mm-hmm. right? Like everything, like there was a routine, and the routine was kind of boring. And I was like, there, I know there's a bigger, wider world out there. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm going for. And everyone kept talking about Sharn. So once I go around the Mornland, um, I tried going through the Mornland, wasn't a huge fan, backtracked, went around. Oh, um, yeah, you can't really go through the Mornland. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, you can go across a- Kraken Bay, which has its own problems. Or, yeah, you can go up through Karnath. Yeah, yeah. I think I went north. Okay. Uh, if I look through, let me look at the map super, super fast. Yeah, up around uh, Lake Siri and through Karnath and Thrain. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, like the Silverwood, that area. Okay. Um, can you, is it all right if you met your um, uh, patron in the Nightwood? Sure. Okay. Um, so what you have as your patron, as far as you understand it, is there were a there was a small group of folks living in the woods, um, uh, humans, elves, half elves, some halflings who all lived together. And um, cannibal is the wrong word, but they wanted to eat a god, um, and so they did their best to track one down and trap it, and. Um, a lot of them got killed in the process of trapping it, so that's why there weren't very many of them left when you turned up, and you were able to take out the rest of them and then make a deal with this thing. And so far, I, I think, if it's all right with you, your understanding of this thing is, you, your patron is the concept of the fact that the stars come out at night. Okay. Does that, does that work for you? I uh, I don't know if I follow the stars come out at night like deep in the heart of Texas or well <laughs> no no it's that um an old god patron should be kind of unknowable to the mind uh oh okay yeah you know, yeah in, in that it's a the old gods are are the sort of Cthulhu esque uh yes. you know uh, madness inducing to some uh. Uh, hard to contain concepts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so my the way that the way that I I would communicate with them is is they showed me they showed me a series of or a grouping, I guess, of stars, and like I trace it with my finger in order to kind of call them, and then there are whispers yeah. on the wind. I, I like that, and I think probably okay. what you came like what they trapped had coalesced into a sort of Ziggy Stardust kind of figure. Absolutely. Um, you know, that that you were able to have a conversation with and they were going to 
try to cook it and eat it, which wasn't going to work. But they, you know, we're going to give it their best shot. Um, yeah. Did I free him with a Bowie knife? Uh, yeah, obviously. That's that, not a knife. That's a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> um, I see you've played Knifey Spoony before. Okay. Uh, so you freed the Starman. Um, and... Uh, made your way through the Nightwood, and I think when you made it to Korth, uh, probably happened on a, a couple, um, uh, a Goliath couple who are traitors, um, and they um, have a um, a shipping contingent that uses the lightning rail, and you know they they get on with their shipments, and it's like um, what do you call it? They're like bonded couriers. Um, but they often take on guards, and they are also huge. I mean, not literally the battle mat huge, but they're like eight feet tall and your size. So, uh, the I also like a lot of the Goliath art that's out there. So, um, does that work for you? A uh, uh, couple as it, uh, this couple is a man and a woman couple. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Um, probably have like. A couple of six foot tall kids. <laughs> I like that. Children who Good. are bigger than humans. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, that's good. Uh, and was it also in those woods? Did did we meet Alabas in the Nightwood? Eli, which way are you coming from? Like, where's your home? I was thinking Valinar. I think that's probably where the elves are, just kind of looking at the map. Oh, you two might have met on your way to the Nightwood then. Yeah, so we're saying that the Mornland is bad juju. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the, the a little bit of background for Eberron is this, this whole continent was uh, a bunch of countries at war with each other, including this country of Siri that was w- w- where the Mornland is now. Um, that country is gone. Uh, some sort of explosion went off, and this whole area is basically impassable. Um, the lines that you see going through it are no longer active. Those were um, lightning rail lines that nobody actually uses now. Um, the various points of interest there are... Um, they're what used to be there. Like We don't know what's in the Mortlands anymore. It, it was completely blown out and the war stopped because no one's a hundred percent sure why this happened. It's like the scariest thing that's ever happened. An entire section of the continent was wiped out and nobody understands why. And the war stopped like three years ago because we don't know what will happen if we, if we continue. Um, so the Mornland is pretty darn scary. That's, that's just a thing that like, you know, there are tales that some adventurers go in and some people have found cool magic shit and, and whatever, but you know, most people think those claims are BS and, um, and it's just a big, scary question mark. So yeah, no, no one goes through there casually and basically no one has ever traversed there and come out normal. Um, so, or come out. So that's worth noting. Is that that whole section, like down into where the glass plateau is too? Uh, yes. 
Okay. Yeah. The glass plateau is a thing that has been observed after the explosion from far away. Um, and we know that there's a big strip of glass going down the middle of the Mornland. Um, but uh, that's that's been viewed from miles away. Like uh, Gorgonhorn is is a spot where people are studying the, the Mornland from. Uh, Stonefeather Spire is a big tower where wizards are, are studying the Mornlands. Um, what about Crimson Water? Uh, let's see. Where do you see that? That's that little dot of red in the middle of the Mornlands over oh. by the Glass Plateau. Uh, yeah, that's another one where a whole like they've they've viewed it from Ter Valior, um, and that whole lake that used to be there it looks like blood, um, and we're not totally sure if that's the case because it's still like several miles into the Mornland to to see it in person, and um, the crews the couple of crews they've sent in to investigate it haven't come back um also there are stories that like somebody went into the moorland and came out and they're still alive but their skin is made of bricks now and um you know somebody else went in and they came back out a uh, a clockwork warforged person uh wow. you know other people have gone in and just been obliterated or dissolved or went insane or or you know any number of things and so um, yeah, it's a big, scary question mark that, that people just, for the most part, don't mess with if they don't have to, because they don't have to. And, and that's, so the war has stopped, which is great. And, and our backstory should definitely include, um, you know, and you, we can think about this before next time, but our backstory should include what were you up to during the war? Cause it was just a few years ago. And maybe you were a soldier, maybe you were an objector, maybe you were supporting the war in other ways, maybe you were just kind of oblivious and living in the jungle. Um, that, But um, every nation on this continent was involved in the war. I mean, this was like World War II level, um, well, probably more like World War One because we didn't have like a, a Nazi threat um, type of analog from World War Two. But the current day is very much that, Post-war, um, you know, all of the like factories and war machines have ground to a halt, and they like not sure what to do with those anymore. Um, and and that's the world that Eberron is adjusting to now. So that's that's worthwhile. Um, okay, so um, Ventus and Alabas uh, made their way up through Karnath. They uh, discovered the Starman together, I guess. Is that okay, Ventus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I was actually going to say, like, I saw what, um, what so Eli just was... To, I just had a question about warlocks. Like, would that be considered, like, fiendish or not nature? Like, the old one? Like, how would... I don't think it would register as either. Um, they're not fiends. Um, and they're not devils. So... Um, and they're not celestials. They are other, a capital O. So, okay. um, yeah, you know, they don't fit in the, um, what do you call it? They don't fit in the standard pantheon. Like there is a pantheon of gods in Eberron mm -hmm. that, um, people see demonstrable evidence of, right? So 
Like, it's okay not to worship the gods, but it's a big stretch to say you think the gods don't exist. Like, that's that's a pretty incredible statement to make <laughs> in this world. Um, you could say you don't like them, you don't respect them, um, you, you uh, despise the gods or whatever, but to say they don't exist is a pretty wild statement. So, Because um, I yeah. think that he would see it as if it's not totally destructive to nature, like if he touches something and like a tree wilts or something, then he would see that as like, Oh, that's terrible. But since it's more of like a magic, he doesn't necessarily understand. Like I would think that he would just see it like have a wait and see attitude towards it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rob, it's not like nature wilts at your touch, right? No, 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 no. By no means actually. Like I'm, I'm more of like a, you know, we grew up in a very naturalistic, society not quite shamanistic but but sort of along those lines um just fast forward technology wise um and actually i was gonna say because because i don't know anything about magic and and kind of this deal that i cut um the way i see eli doing it and and like attuning kind of with his god with like either morning prayers or or however you do it dude um i was gonna kind of adjust the same way and that's sort of how i talk to my my deal maker Mm -hmm. in the morning you know like and i don't know if the guy or if the the thing answers but i'm just like well you're doing it you've got some power there's some power flowing through me now i'm gonna do it the same way yeah okay that makes sense yeah that's cool okay cool um, so for Nix and Zay in uh, Sharn, what was uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of your upbringing like? Are you close to the same age, um, or is Zay a lot younger than Nix? Uh, Zay is a lot younger than Nix. Okay. Uh, Zay traveled with their family up and down uh, the trade, kind of like minor trade routes. Uh huh. Like a of, caravan type family. Yeah. Of Breland, they didn't trust outsiders. Uh, that's how they were brought up. Is that no good would come of you know really mingling and letting other people and other species know mm-hmm. who you were as a changeling. Okay. Um, the blade soul aspect of my character was uh, was a known inherited trait. Okay. So I actually trained under an elder from my own clan for a time, but then... Um, Did you say known or gnome? Known. Okay, great. And I I trained under an elder from my own clan for a time, but after the war ended... So throughout the war, we kept up small trades, especially, which I feel like was especially important in the smaller towns around Breland and Thrain. Sure. Um, during the war, because moving goods back and forth was really difficult, but my clan could do it well. But at the end of the war, after the Mornlands, like after the big event, we went too close to the Mornlands. Mm. And my clan got killed. Okay. And the like the way I've been thinking of it is like the soul of the thing that killed my clan was in this ring that I now have on my finger. Hmm. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, so then after they died, you made your way back to Sharn. Yes. To try and find your footing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was adrift, but I knew that from our travels through there before, mm-hmm. that other changelings were there. Okay. So I wanted to find more people like me and more camaraderie and try to get out of this insanity that yeah. is now whispering in my head all the time. Sure. And uh, Nix, what was your upbringing like? So um, Nix was very much uh, a, a street urchin. Um, you know, uh, either either ran away or was cast out of home at a young age. They don't really remember. Um, they just know that they've pretty much always been on their own. Um, and they, um, you know, they, they grew up in the rough city rough. So they, um, they learned a lot of skills about how to, you know, how to take things from people, how to, how to grift, how to, um, you know, how to, how to pull con, uh, short cons, long cons, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and then during the, um, during the war, uh, they started selling, uh, they were an information broker. Yeah. Okay. Selling secrets to both sides. Sure. Um, and they, their entire network, um, was killed when the Mornlands imploded. Um, so, uh, they were like, well, guess I got to figure out something else to do. <laughs> and so they're like, well, I have a lot of skills and a lot of experience. I, why don't I go try and mentor some, mentor some people. And if I can find some changelings like me to help, great and that's how they came along to uh vex cool okay zay that's a completely different vex no zay yeah <laughs> i can't keep it in my brain okay so zay and nix met up on the streets at some point and just kind of clicked is that is that what we're talking about um i'm thinking maybe zay was looking for was looking for for help and maybe got pointed in in my direction as someone who might help them. Does that sound? Does that resonate with you, Pooja? I'm sorry. That's I okay. Got distracted. It That's happens. okay. Um, I was thinking that the way that Zay and and Nix caught each, uh, caught onto each other is. Um, uh, they got pointed in my direction to um, as someone that might be able to help. So, Ooh, yeah. yeah, somebody yeah. Could show me the ropes and like, yeah, you know, ease me into city life. I like that. Yeah, cool. cool. Okay, um, I think that gives us a great platform to start from. So why don't we take five? We'll we'll try, dear listener. We'll try to keep it as close to five minutes as we can. And um, we'll be back here um, at um, 6.15. But if you have questions, keep putting them in chat. So we oh, can yeah. Just jump in and, and yeah, because we'll see them or answer from the toilet or whatever. So, you know. <laughs> you could answer from the toilet. No judgment. <laughs> All right. So we'll be back in five. Thanks, everybody.
Hi, welcome back, everybody. We're, uh, we're playing D&D on Happy Jacks. We'll say D&D-ish, which is always going to be the case with me at the helm, so that's that's what you get. Uh, we're playing 2D10 D&D, where we swap out the 20-sided die for two 10-siders uh, with some other little modifications to make it fit. So, uh, anyway, we are back. We've just introduced our characters. Um, Eli is playing Alibas, the Paladin. Uh, Pooja is playing uh, Zay, the uh, uh, Blade Soul Sorcerer. Uh, Rob is playing Ventus, the Loxodon Warlock. And Claire is playing Nyx, the uh, Changeling um, Rogue. Uh, oh, oh, Pooja, I should have said also, is playing a Changeling Blade Soul Sorcerer. So um, all the secrets are out. There we go. Anything I should add before we move on? What's Alibus's race again? He's elf. He's an elf. Uh, elf. A, a wood elf, elf specifically. Oh, I was going to say, which elf, kind of elf? Speak elvish or sylvan? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. Which is a fun thing. Like, uh, just, I enjoy picking races for my for my characters in D&D. It's one of the things that I find fun. Yeah. About character creation. And so my character speaks common, infernal, orc, and primordial. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's and awesome. the infernal is what the uh is what the soul inside my ring talks to me in. I, I took I got a bunch of languages because of being a rogue and being a changeling. So I speak common, dwarvish, elvish, orc, thieves, cant, and undercommon. Oh fantastic. Nice. I love all of it. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to move into the Decima portion of our night, where we're going to build our backstories a little bit and um, see how all these characters fit together and fit into the world. And I'm going to do my best to take notes and then lose this piece of paper and rewatch the recording later and <laughs> make more notes <laughs> on a new piece of paper and then talk about it in Slack with you. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's so, good. I'm glad you got that all planned out already. Uh, just to review, we are playing uh, D&D. We are launching our D&D session with a round of Decima. Decima is made by our friend Kimmy. Uh, it, you can find it at goldenlassogames.com uh, slash Decima, I think. D-E-C-U-M-A. And it is the premier uh, start your session uh, game. It's a, it's the R&D before your RPG, and it helps you set up everything you need for your campaign, which really, now that it exists, I'm trying to figure out how I started campaigns without it, and I, I just feel like a doofus. So um, we use this now. This this is... Get in, loser. We're going to Decima. Um, <laughs> so um, I have emailed all of you six emails which I'm sure you haven't opened because in the subject line it said, do not open. Um, they also say whether they're relationship questions or a location question or a group question. So here's how this is going to work. I'm going to present a group question at the start of each round, a group question which none of you has. And I'm going to present the question. We're not going to answer it. We're going to go around do everyone else's current question, and then when we come back to me, we will answer the group question that I presented at the top of the round. And um, it gives us a minute to think about what that group question is. Group questions genuinely 
we want to find a consensus on. It's not up to me to decide. All of these are your answers. I'm going to contribute as little as possible or maybe just give some background knowledge or ask a clarifying question. This stuff is yours to build. You're building this world. I will design adventures around what you come up with. I have some ideas for the way things could kick off. If we do that, great. If none of that makes sense, we'll move into a different adventure. Um, we'll just keep it as fluid as possible. So the first group question I will present is, and th there are also a couple references to location in this game. So location will be kind of the equivalent of a dock ward, right? Because I, I think that's probably where the Adventurer's Guild is, is down by the docks. And it's not specifically a Waterdeep reference, but it is... Uh, you know, sort of the the working class section of the city um, and adventurers show up. There's a literal guild where you can hire adventurers to go and, and take care of uh, situations for you. And uh, that's where you folks have found yourself is at the Adventurers Guild. And as of a couple of levels ago, you all are level four adventurers right now. Um, you two, you four have spent the last two levels adventuring together. So that's a, represents a fair amount of time and commitment. So you all know each other, uh, and we're going to find out how and why and what that means. Um, and the first question I have that we're going to answer in a minute is what do we as a group celebrate? And this is separate from the town that you live in, your neighborhood, cultural background, whatever. The four of you celebrate something and it's significant and it's something you all want to remember and and celebrate so um think about that and and we'll come back to it um so uh let's have uh let's see who's who's played decima more than once okay puja would you like to open your first relationship question sure Okay, so our relationship questions all have a blank in them. And uh, for those who don't know, the blank is going to be filled in with one of your fellow players. You have three of these, so you have one for each other player. If one of the, if you open it and it really doesn't make sense or it doesn't jive with your character, that's fine. I'll just look up another one and give you that one instead. Um, there's, there's a process in the game where you could like X a question and move on to the next one. But it's kind of fun to try and figure out if these can work as drawn. So... I drew you all some questions. Uh, Pooja, what's your first one? You suspect that Blank has deep feelings for you, but they haven't said anything. Oh, bang. Just right into the romance. <laughs> well, I guess it's it, so good. It doesn't have to be romantic feelings, but they somebody cares deeply for you. Um, what do you think? I am going to say that I think Ventus has deep feelings for me. Um, and it's, I don't know whether they're romantic or just because of like this connection to the arcane. Okay. Uh, Ventus, how do you feel about that? I am fine with it. I do not know where my feelings lie yet either. Okay. That's so fair. We will have to explore that as characters. Sometimes dun, dun, dun. emotions like are it. confusing. Um, okay, great. Well, let's go to Ventus then. What's your first one say? Let me pull up my emails really? because I, I did not want here. to look at the previews. Prepare. 
relationship. No, I was not cheating. That's why. Don't oh, I crap. see. For once. Oh, uh, um, you have plans for something, but worry blank won't like it. What is it? Hmm. I have to think about what I would plan. Yeah, two things. What are you planning, and who doesn't like it? Hmm. Okay. All right. I don't know what I'm planning yet, <laughs> but I so so. I think that there's more to explore. Like, I want to go down a deeper path on exploring some of the magic and like where it can go because this is this is more innate natural magic as opposed to um, magic learned or magic through worship. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not quite sure how Alabas is gonna gonna go for it because it's it seems like. It seems like his magic is more structured, coming from the gods through him as a manifestation, whereas mine's more open-ended, mm-hmm. I guess, for lack of a better term. Sure. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I can see that going that way, too, especially if it gets more upon the stuff needs to be sacrificed for different types of ingredients that are needed to be obtained, that he could be kind of like, mm, maybe, yeah, you know, not really in the wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't. I gotta figure out what to plan though, because not a planner. I'm a doer. No, oh, maybe you have like a to do list that the star man wants you to accomplish, or one thing that the star man wants you to do. Maybe the star man might give me Go suggestions. I yeah. what that would be. Okay, I will uh, make a note for star man suggestions. Um, great. Um, how about we have Claire go next? Okay. Um, relationship. Blank makes you wonder what life would be like if you had chosen a different path. That's a um, good question. That is a great question. And I'm going to say Zay, um, because... Zay is also a changeling who came from who who is alone, um, but but they thought out they sought out um, uh, help and connect work and, and network and connection rather than sinking into themselves. And um, yeah, I would say that Zay definitely uh, makes Nick's wonder what life would be like if Nick had chosen a different path. Mm. Zay, does that work for you? Yeah, great. Cool. I like it. I like that we have two changelings in the party who have Me too. such different mm-hmm. yeah. outlooks on life. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, um, Eli, what's your first relationship question? Does it matter which one of these I open? Nah. I'm going to open the middle one then. <gasps> Rebel! Blank's connections helped you get something important. Who got it and what was it? I'm going to say Claire, because I think that the other three of us are kind of like outsiders a little bit more to the city, I think. And I think Claire already already had that kind of like deep knowledge of the city and be able to get that. Um, So Claire was able to get the information, but what it was was the armor. So Mm -hmm. I think 
I need to think about what the situation was, but as a through line, like she got the information that allowed him or they got the information that allowed him to be able to uh, go after the armor. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's very Ab- cool. Yeah, that sounds that definitely sounds like something that that Nix would would know and do and and share for the right price. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so to return to our uh, other question, we have um, too many windows open. Um, <laughs> we as a group celebrate something. What do we celebrate? This could be like the thing we do at the end of every adventure or um, the fact that you always celebrate someone's birthday in the party. Um, it could be... Dritzmas! Dritz. <laughs> Dritz. Dritz is not in this world. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right. Yes. Xing <laughs> that right out. Uh, uh, one thing I could think of just through... Uh, I don't know why I keep spacing on Rob's character's name. Ventus and Alibas's back story is like centering and i think that he doesn't really say like alibas doesn't necessarily say a prayer but he meditates at the end of every day to like recenter himself mm-hmm. so maybe that's something that we could do as a group just have some sort of time where that we can kind of kind of come together and make sure we shut out like whatever's going on in the rest of the city sure that's a possibility um how does everyone feel about the group meditation celebration sure I mean, I, I already do it because I've, I've seen him do it. So to me, it's natural. Um, yeah. I definitely got dragged along and I was like, oh, okay, the kids are doing this. All right. I'm going to make me get down on my knees. Okay, here we go. Mindfulness. <laughs> Pooja, how do you feel about that? I like it. It's a, it's a good, like, you know, so daily, connection as a group. Daily mindfulness. We do daily meditation, daily group meditation. I love it. Fear uh, in yourself. I hate you. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, the next question that we will answer at the end of a round of questions is, <laughs> I didn't look at these ahead of time. This is great. Oh, no. <laughs> um, our group broke something important. Oh, no. What was it and why? How did we break it? I love this one. Uh, okay, so that's just let that percolate in the back of your mind for a moment, and um, let's actually do location questions. Um, and we're not going to be able to do a proper map, but let's think of our location as alternating. Like we could think about this sort of dock ward area. Um, we could think about Sharn as a whole, um, and we got to make Sharn our own. You know, regardless of just so I know, do do any of you have? Like a, a deep love or familiarity with Eberron as a, a topic or a fictional setting. I mean, I've played a couple of campaigns. I love the setting, um, but I also don't. I'm not super steeped in the lore, so like, okay. I, like we, I don't want to take away something that someone's like, "Oh, I was really excited for that day" or whatever. That I, I don't want to take away something that someone was looking forward to. The magic rails. I want to do. I want to ride on the magic rails. The lightning rail. Yeah, that yes. is definitely going to be included. Okay. Uh, I mean, you... I'm more excited about whether or not we're going to encounter all of our random characters from Strategicon. <laughs> hmm. I don't. I don't know what you mean by that. 
okay. So, um, so that's good. We, we broke something and we're going to get into our locations and we can be a little bit flexible with what that location means. Um, we're, we're going to make Eberron our, our own beast at this point. Um, let's go in reverse this time. Let's have Eli. Wait, did Eli go last? Yes. Yeah. Eli, why don't you do our first location question? Uh, you impressed a group that was important to our location. What did you do and who was it? Okay. So um, impressing a group in this context could be impressing the Adventurers Guild. It could be impressing the Dock Workers Union. It could be impressing the uh, you know managers of the city. The, I think there's a city council. Um, you know, it, it could be a lot of different things. So... It could be um, one of the dragon marked families, right? Like, yeah. yes, exactly. And ultimately, uh, Eli, the answer is yours um, as a location question. But if anyone, if you want to ask for input or whatever, of course, that's that's entirely your prerogative. It's the group questions where everyone has to agree on the answer. Because I'm thinking, Alibas is not necessarily someone who's going to look for the highest like, I guess, social group to try to, like, schmooze. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he's going to be more of, like, a man of the people. So one thing I could see him doing was maybe there was a rampant shark attack on the dock workers or something to do with the shipping, and he talked to the sharks and told them, to, like, hey, man, there's other places you could skip, and they're like, hey, they're dumping all this trash into our ocean. Like, can you give them to the oh, stop? okay. So then, yeah, so then he came, he, you know, he came up with some sort mm-hmm. of impasse is it Where, okay if we adjust it to the the krakens, the the squids and sure. whatnot? Illithids? No, no, squids. Like uh, illithids? Y- you know, kraken, squid creatures, not illithids. That's a very <laughs> different thing. Squid friend, not food. Yes. Uh, just squid yeah, rather than shark. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I've got some stuff to fit into that idea. Does that does that work for everyone that? Uh, um, the what? What was the the phrasing of the question again? Uh, you pressed a group that was important to our location. What did you do, and who was it? So since you, the you impressed, build, like, you impressed a group. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So the you're saying you impressed the dock workers, right? Okay. And, cool. and the krakens, I guess. And cool. the squeeds. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, the duck and the kraken. That's probably something the four of you... All of these questions are kind of like stuff that the four of you did together. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, that's cool, though. So that, that was a, an episode where uh, Alibas was kind of taking the lead and um, getting in there and like, hey, I'll, I'll solve this. Let me talk to them. <laughs> okay. I like that a lot. Um, let's go to Claire. Okay. Uh, you idolize someone in our location. Who is it, and why are they inspirational? Hmm. I kind of want to go against type and pick something really, like, something really surprising and quirky. Uh-huh. Um, like, maybe they completely 
like if there's like a, a, a royal family that sure. they could follow. Like a, like a noble or uh, you know, something like that. Like you think of the people that are completely obsessed with like Kate Middleton and, and you know, and, and Prince William, like that kind of that kind of deal where like there's one faction of a royal family that Nix is just like, oh, my God. And did you hear? And then, you know. Yeah, and it, and it would be something that kind of all of us are impressed with for it, it, to different degrees, obviously. Sure. Um, so, what? How does everyone feel about um, having a sort of noble uh, personage that we're all idolizing, or at least looking up to, like somebody who seems to be doing right by the people? Let's say. No issues, but one of the things that I was thinking about since Claire mentioned it earlier about the uh, lightning rails. What if it's that house, like somebody higher up from, from the house that maintains Ooh. that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the house, that. house Orien. Orien. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they're like the house. I follow all of the gossip and the details of the house Orien. Okay. So house Orien, um, some, some scion of that house. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with something for that. Okay. Um, what is it that you like about them? What, like, why, why do you idolize them? Um, uh, I think Nix would say that it's because they're just so elegant and everything they do is perfect, but I'm going to say as a player, they supported a, a, uh, like during the war, they gave money to, um, a shelter she was staying at. Oh, okay. Supported shelter. like that. Okay. Cool. I will come up with an NPC for that. Um, let's go to Rob. All right. Going back to email, so I do not cheat. This is one of the location ones. Our location had a valuable resource, but it's gone now. Mm. Oh. What was it, and why is it gone? Squeeze! Well, actually, so, <laughs> funny enough... I was I was thinking about something along those lines is is because because of the the conversation between um, um, Alabas and the um, Alabas and the, um, the 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 squid there were actually the squid had an ecosystem around them of like a lot of minnows and a lot of uh, various fish. They came along and fed on, you know, whatever the squid were done with. And once the squid went away, fishing in the docks area dried up. Oh. And they had to push further and further out to more dangerous waters. Okay. So the waters around the docks have become a lot quieter. Yeah. Um, okay. How does that sit with everyone? Is that... Uh, okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, fishing has dried up. So while we have the dock workers and kind of everybody's uh, gratitude mm -hmm. for kind of what was going on, there's now the beginnings of an undercurrent of irritation from the fishermen. Yeah, and, and, and undertow, the... if you will. Well, uh, oh. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, um, but the current situation is uh, they're growing uh, irritated potentially with us. And um, the commercial fishermen 
aren't too concerned, but it's the everyday lower level fishermen with only like oh, smaller yeah. boats that can't go as far that there may be um, a tsunami of hate coming. Yeah, the, the you, tide so is turning. You're saying that the tide is turning. Yes, yeah, the tide yes, of yes. public opinion. There you go. Thank you. Got it. Thank all of you. I appreciate it and love each and every one of I you. I love us. <laughs> we're, we're good. Um, we don't want to drag the bottom. No. <laughs> the analogies. So net net. That's a different podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, Pooja, what's yours? Okay. So my location, my first location question is, what is a positive turn of phrase that is used in our location? Oh, that's fun. So I like to think. That's so Raven. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is not Raven. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> I mean, you're so dragon. Yes! And, and that's good? Yes. Yeah, is that good? Yeah, okay. it's you're good. so dragon. Shut up. No, you're so dragon. Oh my God. Because, you know, with the dragon marked and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, so it's a combination of like cool and fabulous. Mm-hmm. And also like a little bit like if you're balling. Okay. You got ah. a little coin to spend. Opa okay. Gundam style. Okay. So you want to like. If dragon you're, style. If you're, spilling, <laughs> if you're spilling those that shiny. Mm-hmm. You're so dragon today. Okay, cool. Is that unique to your ward, or is that like a whole Sharn saying? I, I feel like, like it. it's more of a Sharn like. Yeah, yeah like it but probably a, started here, and then the upper crust picked it up, and mm-hmm. they, and then they, it was they appropriated it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and made shirts that said it. Oh God. It says it on the butt of pants and on bags. <laughs> yeah, it just says dragon on so the pa- dragon. on pants. Instead of uh, like pink or juicy, it says dragon. Yep. yep. <laughs> I don't want to be dragon ass. <laughs> um, is this a good time to mention that I have a familiar that's a pseudo dragon? Yes, I would like to okay. know that about you. So yeah. good. You sort of wyvern? Uh, no, it just says it's a pseudo dragon. Like I don't know if there's a specific type or anything. Oh yeah, that's a specific species. Um, we, we can get into that later, but it, yeah, it's a really specific creature. Um, so um, let's return. That's all four of you, right? Everyone yes. do a location. Mm-hmm. Um, so returning to this question, our group broke something important. What was it and how did, why, how and why did we break it? So first, what did we break? This is important, by the way, not like somebody's wagon or cabbages. I think oh. we broke a lightning rail. So oh, no. I was actually thinking that's about that. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that same thing, but then then would we have gained, what was it, like a, because cause the, the, the second part of yours, Claire, was, and they liked us, or, or we, we look up to somebody well, you and look we up gain to, their favor? Yeah, well, no, it doesn't say that you have their favor. You admire this person from House Orion. They don't know that you exist, necessarily. They do now, because we broke it. <laughs> maybe we maybe we just broke like a station or like like a connection a, yeah it took a connection out of out of commission for a couple of days like it wasn't like permanently broken but it also it doesn't have to be permanent but it does have to be important yeah mm-hmm. and that would be especially like if it was in the middle of the city like it was a commuter mm-hmm. rail mm-hmm. like oh man can we swear on this channel uh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, you fuck now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we broke like the equivalent of a Union Station, I think, uh, or a cent- Grand Central that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, why though? <laughs> the eternal question. Oh, why? Did well, it was. Oh, I on think purpose. we actually. I think we had to. Ooh. To save the day. I'm yeah, about, we like, were a preventing runaway. a greater, like a greater tragedy. Yeah. Like, if, like if it was a, there was a runaway train or like. That's how um, Eli impressed the squid people. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you. No, go ahead. But like that, maybe that's a, maybe that's how like that we had to break the station so that the train wouldn't go careening off into the bay and like kill all of the fisher, like and electrocute the squid and the fishermen that were trying to get the squid. And that's how Eli impressed them by stop at no. I'm getting crickets. So. No, no, no. I'm just I'm I'm processing, and I want to let Eli weigh in on that. No, I I'm cool with that because I mean it adds more volume to the story because I think that going out there and just being like oh I fixed the thing like this gives it more weight to the story that he actually saved the ecosystem of the squids and allowed them to go somewhere else. Mm. Where if we wouldn't have done that, there'd be a giant train spilling whatever. And mm-hmm. executing them. Sure. Um, the yeah, way, the like, way sh- it makes it more of a group thing. Yeah. Uh, um, the way Sharn is set up is very circular with all these towers. And I'm going to say that their their Grand Central Station is called the Spoke. And mm-hmm. um, you all broke the spoke. Oh, no. And, they broke the spoke. And it was a big deal. I hate it. And here's what I'm going to add. Your favorite person in the house, in, in, in House Orion, knows why you had to do this, right? But everyone else knows that you did this and is like, there had to be another way to solve that situation. And like, you can't be asshole. serious. <laughs> right? Like, there's no way you absolutely had to shut down all of the trains in Sharn to, to fix this problem. Yes, there was only one way! Okay. I love it. Uh, so you all are known for that. Um, <laughs> fantastic. It didn't say you had to be famous for it, but now you are. Now we are. <laughs> okay, let's do some We're more. Let's do some more relationship questions. Um, Rob, what's your next relationship? All right. And I'm not writing down the relationship questions, so hopefully you are. I've I've got enough on my page here, so um, be sure to keep. Track I'm going to respond to that email. Hey, sure. Oh, burn! There you go. I love it. She put it back on you. Suck it, Trebek. I'm going to get four Um, more emails. It's (laughs) it's obvious that Blank is dealing with something serious and you can relate. Hmm. Man, that's a toughie. Hold hold on, I have an important question, Rob. Yeah? Does Ventus have giant ears? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm like I'm like more akin to the African elephant as opposed to the Indian elephant. Sure. That this was an important question for me of like I mean proportional to be like you're eight feet tall, you're not like a full size elephant, but no. Yeah. Okay. But you have like ears yeah. the size of your head at least. So when I when I have a token of feather fall that is a feather in my tusk. And my pseudo dragon on my side that is red and almost red with gold 
banding, mm. I do not look like a copyrighted flying elephant. No. Yeah, that would be uh, an infringement if you did. That would be terrible. We would. Yeah. That would be a takedown notice waiting to happen. I can't oh. imagine another mental image, though, now. So no. I guess I'll just have to <laughs> embrace hey, what's, that. What's another, what's another word for quarterstaff? Um, be the staff. Bow? Mm-hmm. A bow, yeah. That's dumb. Um, so, sorry. It's obvious that Blank is dealing with something serious and you can relate. Um, based on backstories and backgrounds, it makes sense to me that, that Zay obviously has something very serious, um, very something serious going on. Mm-hmm. Um, man, the struggle is like, is I don't know what I can relate with. Well, like, but so in that instance, though, Zay has this like, y- you know, ghost ring and you're yeah. in contact with an otherworldly personage. And, you know, maybe yeah. you have some experience with like, you don't know exactly what Zay is going through, but I, I don't know if there's is that anything? I mean, I mean, it's possible, but like mine is more of like the way I'm the way that I'm approaching my otherworldly contact is like information gathering and curiosity and um open mindedness it's not like soul sucking yeah you're not burden. haunted by it yeah yeah um and so that's where i'm just like like i think it's going to i've got to change my character maybe to to give it a more or at least insert like something this is one thing that i would probably keep more secret from the group. okay so that that may not be the best uh, option there. So so here's here's a question for you, Pooja. Is obviously like you're not going to tell us like, look, here's a ring with a soul in it. Lol, it talks to me. But <laughs> it but, whispers infernal nothings in my ear all night. Oh, infernal nothings are the best. Um, <laughs> but um, but obviously, like or well, my thinking was, you do you show it? Do you show that that haggard that those those moments of deep introspection the furrowed brows like or do you just like there is a wall between the outside world and the inside mind i feel like i actually project more of like a um a more put together front okay i want people to think that i'm normal okay and like every once in a while it that cracks with how long we've been together y'all have seen some weird shit go down with me but i would say that most of the time like i'm looking i am i'm like i'm looking for that family i'm looking for that connection i'm looking to belong yeah okay that could relate to your sort of uh you know, walking the earth kind of thing. Yeah, a sense of belonging, looking for a new family. Yeah. Um, or not knowing what you're looking for. That's, I mean, I think that's probably more more the interesting thing is that I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm expecting it to tell me once I find it. Whereas mm-hmm. You'll know I think, when you see it. Yeah, whereas Zay has like this targeted, like, there is my end goal. I will do what I can to get there. Is that a fair way of categorizing it? Yeah. Like, I will... 
I will reform myself on the inside, not just the outside. Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Like whether or not I deserve it, it doesn't matter. I will make this happen because it's what, it, because that's, that's all I can, I can, that's why I open my eyes every day. Cool. That like deep. God, I love these freaking questions. <laughs> um, so does that, does that feel like it, it clicks into place for both of you? I'm good with it. Yeah. yeah I like it. It's like, it's very two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about like good, good questions like this should say something about both of you. Right. And that's, that's why you also have to like check in and make sure that this is okay to put down for someone. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay, well, Pooja, let's do yours next. Okay, next relationship. Blank convinced you to do something risky, and you regret it. What did you do? Hey, before we go, I forgot to do the prep for our next group question. Um, so, what, since we're only one person in, the, our next group question that we have to answer at the end of this round is, our group defies a set establishment. What establishment is it, and why are we against them? So that's something to think about. Um, Pooja, I'm sorry. Can you read yours again? Uh, it was blank convinced you to do something risky, and you regret it. What did you do? So my first, my pre-question is, are you prone to risky endeavors, or do you are you risk-averse normally? I think I am prone to risky endeavors because I have done what it takes to survive. Okay. So does that mean somebody mm. enticed you to do something extra risky? I think so. It's like, I will take risks to, I will normally take risks to keep what I have. Okay. Yeah. And in this case, this was a risk to, to get more for us. Okay. Uh, this was like a, like think how high you could fly kind of risk. Okay, cool. So now let's zoom in on who got you to do that and what it was. I think Nick's convinced me. I was like, I know where this is going. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it, just, it, no, so it totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That it's like, oh, do you really want to fit it in the city? The, like, Ooh. you really want to, like, you know what would really up your social standing here? Yeah. Okay. So what and was the, what was the we, task? Um, we crashed like a big party from one of the, um, from what, for one of the guilds, like one of the major guilds. Ooh. Do you mean the House Orion party? One. <laughs> the Orion yes. ball. I'm pretty sure that that's what, that's what I did. It would have to. to be. It would have Come to be. Come on. Okay. It'll be super fun. And Orion's just think belt. of the connections we could oh, make and how it would help us all and how great it'll be. When, we can literally um, be anybody that we want. So, like. And we were, except like everybody there. It was like a week after the incident with the smoke. <laughs> and so, like. That was the talk of the of the party, and everyone there was trashing us. Mm. <laughs> I love it. I okay. regret. I, I hell. I probably regret that too. 
<laughs> okay. I like that a lot. That that tells me a lot about both characters. This is fantastic. Um, oh, cool. House of Orion Sigil is a unicorn. <gasps> yes! yes! <laughs> That's rad. Can I just say, I kept trying to say the House of Orion ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like if anyone is wondering what kind of books I'm reading lately. I love it. Um, I do. Okay. So... Um, also, House of Orion is mostly human, for the, for the record. Uh, that, that was something I was a little bit confused about. Um, so, uh, and, and what's interesting is House Kenneth invented the lightning rail. They're like the tinkering, you know, uh, artificer house. But House Orion is the, the courier, transport-focused, you know, teleportation travel house. So... Um, Kenneth built the lightning rail and House Orion maintains it, operates and maintains it. Mm. Um, so that's, they, they have a sort of a partnership in that role, but they are two distinct houses that have independent interests and, and wants. Um, okay, that's good to know. And uh, let's go to Eli's next relationship question. I'm doing the last one. Mike gave you good advice at a crucial moment. What happened? Hmm. Hmm. This one. I think it would probably be Ventus. Um, I just got to think what kind of crucial moment would it be? You, you don't already have him for the other relationship question, do you? No, I declare for the first oh, one. Oh, that's right. Okay. I think it would probably go for the the light rail incident um, to get more. Because I think that our idea was that it was so destructive that maybe Alibas had a little bit of a crisis of faith. Mm -hmm. And Ventus gave him the good old, we need to do what's good at this moment and try to try to save everything for the greater good, even though it may be like superficially destructive. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like the, the trolley argument, right? You know, you're, you're going along on a trolley and, you know, you know that there's five people up ahead that it's going to kill. You've all seen that episode of The Good, the good Place. You know, I haven't, but <laughs> it's a common philosophical morality it, argument. It is, and yeah. it's the only episode of The Good Place that is named after a common morality mm. level. Yeah, but basically the idea is, is you're in, con- you know, it's out of control, but you have the chance to, like, turn it. So do you either let those five people die, or do you turn it and kill you know, potentially like three nuns or something like that. You know, it's that, that moral conundrum. Do you through inaction cause the death of more people or do you act to cause the death of a single person? And then you add in things like 
Are there doctors? Do you know some of the people? Like mm. all, all that kind of stuff. Are the is one person pay, tied down or not paying attention, and the five people are actually tied to the tracks? Like there's all kinds of factors you can add to the problem. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of the dilemma that you're sort of going through? Yeah, that's what I think that his thing would be like. All life is precious, so then it'd be like maybe. Maybe his original thought to try to clear out the bay wasn't supposed to come at this kind of price. Yeah, no, I'm I. For me, I'm good with it because I'm. I see my character as more like neutral good, as opposed to it's like as long as you're trying to do the best job overall, you know. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but you know, let's do what we can for the most possible people. So I'm completely in line with that. All right, sounds good. Uh, what was the phrasing of the question again? Blunt gave you good advice at a crucial moment. What happened? Oh, okay. And that- so then that kind of like spurred Alibas to like take action to be able to start the destruction. Uh, okay. Okay, great. Uh, and the advice was from Ventus. Mm-hmm. And the advice was that the sacrifice is worth it. That for the greater good. Is that fit, Ventus? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I had all the all this like boiled down to um, the implications. All right. Um, I think. Do we still need one from Claire? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, blank could help you get something if you'd want to. If you that, I'm going to try that. Take two. Blank could help you get something you want if you'd ask. What keeps you from asking? Holy crap, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to start with what I want. Maybe I'm going to start with who it is and and make that inform what I want. Sure. I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's Alabas could help show me faith so i don't think i don't think nyx has a whole lot of faith i think they feel like the gods have abandoned this timeline Mm. you know um but uh, alabas clearly has faith in something in someone um but i think what keeps nyx from asking is the fear that if if Nick suddenly believes in something, does that mean that I need to change my life? Does that mean that they need to do make different decisions and be a different person? Right. And um, if you don't ask, then you don't know. Exactly. I exactly. Love it. That's a real yeah, conundrum of faith. Lo- oh, and if that's... you don't know, now you know. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> Um, perfect. Also with the Hamilton reference. Um, <laughs> I was going to go see it. Ugh! Oh, dang. Yeah. Oh. Although it's, it's in June. So my date might not be canceled, but my roommates were going to go see it this week. Mm. And, um, a bunch of my bandmates were going to go see it next month. And that's yeah. not happening. The whole world's upside down. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. All right. 
Well, um, so that's it for our relationship questions this round. Um, the group question that we have is... Did I not write this down? Well, a bad job, GM. Our group defies a set establishment. Ah, yes. Thank you. Um, so, uh, what is the set establishment, and why do we defy them? I So, it's interesting, Claire, that you brought up faith. I was actually thinking it's it's probably one of the churches within, or I think it could be, not probably, I think it could be one of the churches within... Um, within Sharn, because it seems like Alabas has more of a, while still stricter than, say, the magic casting that the rest of us do, still has a, um, a very loose code of conduct when it comes to religion, like being mm. more like druidic and being more natural um, and being more flowing in that direction as opposed to the structure and stricture of what amounts to like a um, a rigored church hierarchy within a major metropolitan area. So that was one of the churches, but obviously completely open to anything else anybody else is thinking. What was the question again? It's uh, uh, we we defy a set establishment uh, in our location, which which like could the, be a concept, it could be a, a taboo, um, it could be a church, uh, like Rob was talking about. All of that is doable. I mean, the part me personally I'm struggling with is I don't know Sharn as in depth. To do do you out. want some oh. of the like major religions? Or, I mean, just, I don't know what their establishments would be. Um, so, a lot of the establishments are in honoring the Dragon Mark houses. Um, other establishments, um, the um, religions definitely play a big role. Uh, let me find the major religions. Um, there are analogs to, like, if you're more familiar with Faerun or whatever, um, there's, there's an analog to all of those. But um, probably the, I think the Silver Flame or, um, the, yeah, probably the Silver Flame is one of the most ascendant churches. Um, and it's, it's a, the um, like lawful good, you know, um, uh, associated with a, a former mortal woman, a paladin, and... Um, is tied up in a lot of like, yeah, we will do the most good for the most people, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the Sovereign Host, which is nine, I think. It looks like nine other gods who kind of make up the uh, most of the deities worshipped uh, in Corvair, on, on the continent of Corvair. Um, but the Silver Flame is like this, is not a person. It's like a, a force that surrounds us and binds us um, and holds the universe together. Um <laughs> So it that's that's a thing that so a lot of Eberron campaigns will have it be like the Silver Flame is a sort of a cult fringe idea or the Silver Flame is a dominant idea and it sort of sets the tone a little bit for what, you know what the world is like. Um, we can leave the Silver Flame out and just have the Sovereign Host as the like nine gods 
leave it a little bit more sort of ancient Greece or Egypt or, you know, whether they had a whole pantheon to worship. Um, it's flexible. So I liked it. I think it sounds fun. The silver flame. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you all defy the ascendancy of the silver flame. Is that accurate? Yes. Uh, because you want people to go back to worshiping the nine, or um, in, any other reason? I wonder if we find some kind of corruption, like maybe going back to the the spoke issue. Um, like maybe we figure out that the people that were that, that the silver fame was trying to send a train into the water. Oh. To kill the squid for some reason. Okay. Uh, so that could be something you discovered but couldn't prove. Yeah. Or that nobody believed or whatever. Yeah. How does that feel for everyone? Yeah. It was like one bad, not just one bad, but like there was like a, there's a conspiracy within the silver flame. And so that's why we oppose them is because they're controlling like their actions with the Okay. With the ends justify the means kind of mentality. Yeah, okay. Uh, Any other um, thoughts or concerns about the silver flame causing the spoke crash? Like, I'm totally supportive of it. I I don't know... I don't know if we know the full reasons as to why. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Like, was there somebody on there? Was there... I bet you think you know why. <laughs> uh, I think we might... Well, me, I think we might have an idea. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that idea... How accurate that idea might be. Um, Fair enough. I think other people could probably, you know, get their own... No, I like that. I like that we think we know why, but we don't actually know the full extent as to why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what is your guess at why they did that? Like for the character or for the players? Well, why did the Silver Flame arrange for this big crash that you all essentially prevented? You kept it from getting way worse. Right. Um, but I'm saying, are you, are you asking us players what we think or asking the characters the players, uh, well, ah. no, the character. What what do the characters think was the Silver Flame's motivation to do? You know, like what what are they trying to do? Are they trying to take over the city? Are they trying to? Um, I think they were trying to um, undercut the House Orion's influence. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Because they were trying be- to, yeah, like they Orion's on the ascendancy as well, and they saw them as a threat, or at least that's what we think. Yeah, they they um they thought that uh, they could, you know, stem their growth by causing pain, uh, mm. harm to the to the light rail. Oh like, yeah, and House Orion would be blamed for a massive transit accident. So exactly, yeah, that would be egg on their face. Uh, okay, cool. That's good to know. Uh, so the next big group question that we're going to answer at the end of the next round is uh, each person of the group, so this you get to do individually, um, 
and I may have you keep it secret. Um, each person of the group should decide what keeps them in the group or returning to the group. Um, so we can decide at the end if you want to keep that secret or not. So just think about what keeps your character in the group, like in the, the in-character reason of, um, you know, why do they stick around? Why do they keep coming back? Why are they, you know, why do these four people keep making this happen? Okay. And let's go to Eli for the next location question. Uh, you only gave me one location question. Oh, you should have, have a one relationship question. You, you should have two total location questions. What was your first one? First one was you impressed the group. That was important to our location. What did you do and was it? Oh, okay. So your other one is supposed to be something is censored in our location. What is censored and why? Censorship, the grand unifier. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about going on that kind of that religion angle mm-hmm. that the church that we're, we're kind of positioned against, um, they have their front of like the sort of like alleged do-gooder sort of religion. And we're going about and starting to uncover the fact that there's something like totally nefarious there. Mm-hmm. And they're basically... Um, stopping all sorts of, you know, making people disappear or stopping, I don't know if they're printing presses, I guess. Okay, so the Silver Flame is censoring something. Yeah. What what kind of information are they censoring? Negative press, maybe? Oh, specifically about them, like their negative press? Or maybe their thing is, is that they want to control like maybe they're trying to get into some sort of magic to be able to control the people who have the dragon tattoos. Hmm. Okay. That um, might be a little bit out of scope. Um, we just have to narrow it down to, um, or Orion, what, what they're censoring, you know, like if, if there is some grand scheme of them trying to, control people with um, dragon marks, um, that would be a a massive secret that (laughs) probably wouldn't be revealed yet in the storyline. But Mm -hmm. the uh, Silver Flame censoring something would be our clue that that something is on the horizon. Um, So maybe they're censoring... uh, Maybe there was like a... um, There was going to be a presentation of an oral history of the dragon marks. Oh yeah. Maybe there's like a, a big play that was coming out. Yeah. Like there was a, there was going to be a big performance and it was based on the myth of the dragon marks and their origins and what all they've done for, for Sharn and Ebron as a whole. And they got it squashed. Okay. Uh, Eli, how does that feel? It's your question, so I, I want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I like it. Yeah? Okay, so they, they censor the uh, the Dragon Mark play. Um, and we'll, we'll figure out more about that later. 
um, because I imagine there's a, a whole cast of actors and crew who are annoyed that this thing got shut down at the last minute. Um, Maybe that's how we heard about it. I yeah. mean, like, if we had connections. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. amongst these people who are all suddenly out of work and they don't know why, it's just that something, something, mm. the silver flame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Cool. Uh, Claire, what's your next location question? My next location question is, you have unfinished business with someone in our location. Who and what is unfinished? Hmm. Um, could go a lot of different ways. Could mm-hmm. go further into, <laughs> further into this really cool world we're building. Um, it's also okay to introduce new characters. There's lots of room. All right. Um, I think I've got an unfinished business with um, uh, with an old boss. Mm-hmm. I think an old um, uh, so one of my archetypes is urban bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like the guy in the Mandalorian that sends Mando out on the oh missions. sure. So yeah. the, the old like bounty hunters guild guild master master yeah. yeah. So I think uh, either he stiffed me or I skipped out on a on a bounty, and um, like how, how about the try this on for size? Huh. This this person when you had business with them was not the guild master. They were somebody that you brought in bounties with, and mm. something went wrong either through misunderstanding or you actually stiffed them or whatever. And in the intervening time, like you sort of didn't, you weren't as involved with the bounty hunters guild and you were doing other things and they moved up the ranks and became the guild master. Got your, yeah. name, got your name removed from the hunters roles. <gasps> Ooh. And that would make me real mad. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I okay. like that a lot. Cool. All right. I will come up with the bounty hunters guild master. Um, let's go Pooja. So, this is our location question, correct? Yes, second and final. Many people in our location just won't face reality. What hard truth are they avoiding? Um, Personally, I would say that the elementals that are doing the menial labor and that they have pressed into service actually have, like, they are more aware. Elemental rights? Yeah. They're more aware and more, and they know more than, than people give them credit for. What was the phrasing? People what? Uh, the phrasing, the question was, many people in our location just won't face reality. Uh, won't what face, hard truth are they avoiding? Okay. Won't face reality of elemental rights. Does that, did I encapsulate that? Correctly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Zay, like, Zay is going to start spew over here. Great. <laughs> I mean, it just is. It's yeah. like a. It's. I am part of the reason why I I chose primordial was so that I could speak to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they don't understand things in the same way we do, but that doesn't mean that they don't aren't people. <laughs> in cool. the same way that the rest of us are all people. A person's a person, no matter how much they're made of fire. Yeah. <laughs> 
or rocks or whatever or rocks or trees i yeah. mean we have people who are made of half dreams yes so that saying. is true uh mm-hmm. okay i like that and then i think just uh rob did, did you do your second location i did not okay our location has a major flaw compared to other locations like it i can't imagine weird what is that flaw helm's deep has but one weakness <laughs> no back door <laughs> Uh, that's definitely that's, <laughs> that's definitely a different podcast. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm writing down my my question. Um, I'm actually gonna say that we're in the dock ward mostly, right? Like we we've decided that the Adventures Guild and where we kind of hang out is mostly in the docks. Uh, yeah, for the most part. That's like the working class region of the city as as we've created it. Okay. Um, the major flaw is that is that the docks, since it is more working class, and, and it's kind of been sort of haphazard created and built upon itself mm. multiple times. And the, the foundation... Um, is just slowly rotting away not and but it's picking up speed basically and so the major flaw that we're facing and and i don't know how many people are picking up on it but it's gonna fall completely into the ocean oh yeah what if it's sinking um i think that there's little bits and pieces that are sinking kind of like the same way hawaii is yeah but but or venice or or, louisiana yes yeah louisiana yeah exactly but while that's like you look at that and you're like, oh, in 10,000 years, you know, um, New Orleans will be beachfront property. But um, no, New Orleans will be in in the Gulf. <laughs> yep. That's true. Yes, that's true. In they like 20 in years. It's half, there, it's half there anyway. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, <laughs> but but there's there's so there there are bits that are slowly sinking and people notice it. Um, like, you know, the, the steps up are now four or five steps are in the water, but <clears throat> but there's going to be a major there's a major catastrophe on the horizon. Okay, that I don't think a lot of people really know or acknowledge or yeah have thought of it. Okay, I like that. Um, let's see. So, has everyone done all their location questions? And yes. we sh- we should just be left with one relationship question. And a, a group, and a group yeah, a relationship and oh, a group okay. question. Um, so I think what I'm going to do, what does this say? Uh, oh, so we need to add, answer now uh, whether, and you can, if you, you could just tell me you want to keep it a secret and message me, uh, but you're, each person's going to decide what keeps them in the group or keeps you returning to the group. Um and uh, you can tell me now if you want to share that or uh, share it later. I don't know the answer yet, so I don't know if I want to share it yet or not. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so just make a note to uh, decide why you keep coming back. Um, Rob? Yeah, I think mine, mine is that, that there's still a lot that this group has to teach me. Mm-hmm. Life experience-wise, you know... 
travelers, city dwellers, whatever the hell Alabas does to get his power. <laughs> you know, like there's still there's still like a lot of open-ended things that I personally don't understand. And so until until that knowledge bucket is full, then I'm cool hanging around. Okay. Uh, Pooja? I am going to go back to that searching for family and say that, like, these are the people I've decided to, like, I can go the distance with. Okay. I like the, the sound of that. They know me better than anyone outside of my clan has ever known me. Have you let them know that they know you that well? Or is that just something you know? You know that they don't know, or they know that you know that you know, and you clearly can't choose I mean, the class I'm in sure front of you. I mean, I'm sure that they... I'm sure that they know that I know that they know. <laughs> okay, so you can choose the glass in front of you. <laughs> I mean, just never start a land or an Asia. Right. <laughs> um, I figured it out, and I don't think they know this, because um, I don't think they know how old I am. Oh, okay. Because I've never, I've never like, I've always appeared fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and when it, when asked about my age, I'm always like, eh, I've been around a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I view them, the age whipper snappers, as like my legacy. Because um, oh. I never, because I never had kids, and I don't want to have kids because I don't want to bring them into this changeling, that changeling life, yo. Right. Okay. And um, so I think I think that I think uh, I view the 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 adventuring group as like a chance for me- for myself to live on after I die. Okay, but they don't know that about you yet, right? They don't know that about me because okay. they also, like I said, they don't know how old I am. <clears throat> okay. Cool. I like that. I think at some point we're going to have to have your character reference something from like 50 years ago. Yes. And people like, (laughs) Like, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And be like, how old were you? Uh, 30? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It is everything. I love it so much. Awesome. I think Alibas is in the same kind of realm. Uh, I'm always forgetting Rob's character's name. Uh, is about learning because that's my like one of the reasons why he left the forest is that he is on a mission and he's trying to learn more about the other religions in the world because again his his order is so like away from everything else yeah that he's already gone into some scraps and into some shenanigans with these people with with all of us so it's more like these are the people that he's trusted and they haven't done anything necessarily to make him not trust them. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, do they know that you're you're sticking around because you know they can help you learn things? Yeah, I think he's pretty up for it, or he's up, pretty straight up with his feelings about it. Like he's not trying to hide it. It's like obviously, like I think we're all good for each other. We mm. we help each other out. We have each other's backs. Like we've been in like situations that you know we our lives could have been lost, and we were there to back each other up. Like there's no reason for us to really try to go somewhere else. Okay. I like that. Um, excellent. Uh, did, did we get everyone for that question? Okay. So I'm not going to ask another group question this time. Uh, we're going to go through your, each of your last relationship question, and then you each have a group question. So what I'm going to have, we're just going to like double tap each of you. So you're going to do your relationship question and then 
do your group question. And again, your group questions are like, we're supposed to have consensus on all of them. However, in, in this case, you'll sort of have the final say of, of what, how the group question is resolved. So, um, let's, uh, let's go to Eli, Eli, or no, you went first last time, uh, Pooja, let's have you do your final relationship question and then your group question. Okay. Uh, my relationship question is blank delayed your progress on something important. What was it? Mm. And I think that, um, Ali boss may have delayed my progress on getting, um, I'm having a little like on what the important thing may have been, mm. but uh, does, I does think somebody it was have something... a buzzing in the background? No, sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, my mom was calling. That's yeah, fine. I shall have to call her back very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, so okay, no, I'll have to pick up now. Okay, I will. Uh, I'll be All back. right, we'll come back to you in a minute. Uh, let's see who, uh, doesn't have, I mean, who already has Pooja in a relationship question and can answer with someone else? I do. Okay. Uh, who do you have left? Um, I have, and actually this is a good one. Uh, you partnered with blank to do something shady. Who, what was it? So I partnered with, um, Valkus? Ventus? Ventus to, I don't know. What would we do together? Um, what would we like steal together? So overall, I think, I think my guy is neutral good. So if we steal from somebody, it has to be somebody who's bad. Okay. Right. So, so if there's, if there's, I don't know, somebody that has crossed you, maybe the the dungeon or the bounty hunter person, um, or somebody along those lines that's hurting people, then I'm hundred percent in. I was wondering what if we what if we what if we stole like something not something necessarily valuable to anybody other than um this is it the silver spurs? Silver stars? Silver, silver spurs? flame. Silver the flame. Silver flame. What if we stole like a symbol from their temple um and put it somewhere really inappropriate? Like just to like embarrass them. Yeah, hundred percent. Um what would be somewhere embarrassing to the silver flame? A brothel? Uh I don't know if the silver flame is necessarily a hold on, let me look up them a little bit. Okay. Um Yeah, I'll do the same thing. They're lawful good, but I also don't want to... Uh, you don't want to demonize... Yeah, sex, sex. work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Church of the Silver Flame is is detect- dedicated to protecting people against supernatural forces of evil. Um, so, yeah, I, I think somewhere where, um, you know, maybe contact with perceived evil, you know, like... Um, there's a suggestion from chat oh. um, that you rescued someone from the silver flame that the bounty hunters were arresting. Ooh. Okay. So then we get both of them. 
We get yeah. the Bounty Hunters oh, Guild yeah. and the Silver Flame. Yes. Good job, would, Bungie Dog. Which would make my heart real happy. Yeah. All right. I'm down. Okay. Thank you very much, Bungie Dog. Awesome. Uh, so the uh, you partnered with Ventus to do this uh, to to break somebody out of Silver Flame custody, uh, who was a bounty hunter, a bounty, and yes, um, maybe broke them out publicly. I bet Silver Flame was bringing the well, person in to like make a big public thing about it. Yeah, like they publicly were like, "We caught them," and blah, 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 blah. and then we were like, "Uh, oh, just kidding, they escaped." Ha ha, bye bye. But they, and they don't know that it was us, but they think it was us, but they don't know when they came. Uh, I think the mm-hmm. guildmaster knows that it was you. <laughs> but again, can't prove it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, cool. I like that. Uh, let's go um, oh, back to Pooja. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say that um, that we were doing like a... a I'm going to play on this last one that in order to get good with the bounty hunters guild, because we needed to be on the right side of that guild mm-hmm. as much as we like oppose the silver flame. Like if we have problems with the bounty hunter guild, it's going to be problems with the adventurers guild. It's going to be problems with us. Um, so we were collecting a bounty for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll say that. Alabas delayed us in that because of um, it was a uh, like we were on a pretty strict timeline. We had found out about collecting it, like that our mark was there, like maybe a couple of hours. Like we had a very short window to get them. Mm-hmm. And you insisted that we observe our like reflection time. Mm. That you were like, no, it's important. Well, that maybe can to wait. like be sure that we'll you've got the maybe. right guy. Mm-hmm. Like, take a moment, think about it. Let's have this this time where nobody else can will be pressuring us. How and that's that, sacrosanct. How does that fit for you, Eli? Yeah, I think that's kind of funny because because elves are pretty ancient in this world, right? Like in D anD D, in and of themselves. Uh, yeah, elves are are a long lived species. Although you you may not be. I mean, you might be young. Well, so. I think he's young for an elf, right? Because he spent a lot of times in the woods. So, like, maybe his concept of time is a little bit off okay. when it comes to certain oh, things. Oh, sure, yeah. So that's the reason why he's he was persistent in saying, like, hey. Why don't we kind of just think about this? Like, yeah, you're on ant time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't be hasty. <laughs> um, okay, uh, that sounds like a good fit. Um, Eli, let's do your last relationship question. Uh, my last, oh, I right. Remember his name now? Was with Zay. Uh, gave you bad advice, and you paid the price. What happened? So I'm thinking because we rushed out. Uh, a time where you didn't take the time to meditate. Yeah. I'm just that's, trying to think because I kind of wanted him parody. to get ar- arrested. And he had to spend a little bit of time oh, away from the group. Ventus got so arrested. Not, 
Alibas got arrested. Oh, Alibas, yeah, sorry. Maybe he, Ventus yeah, as well, paid, I don't know. I mean, he could get arrested too. High five. No, all right. Um, like, is there an overarching, like, want that Zay has that she could maybe push Alibas in a direction to do something? And then that's how he got caught. I feel like if there's the situation I'm I'm picturing here is that I got information from the spirit in my ring, and I didn't tell anybody that that's where I got it, but I passed it along as fact. And based on that faulty information, you acted. Um. Can we tie that in with the silver flame as well? Just to make them more evil. Um, yeah, so you got some information about the silver flame and then didn't pass No, on. and then I did act on it from the ring. But she didn't say, like, hey. Maybe it's like it. the ring, like, what I found out or what I thought I found out was that, like, they were engaging in some kind of criminal activity. Mm-hmm. And we acted, or you acted upon it specifically to stop it, but it turns out that wasn't it at all. Like, oh, it's it's human trafficking, and you show up, and it's a soup kitchen kind of situation. Right. It was like the one time they weren't doing something bad. <laughs> yeah. Can I change it from the Silver Flame and have it be like like a different guild, or maybe oh, one yeah. of the Oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be Silver Flame. Yeah. Yeah. So is there like a like the Commerce House? Uh-huh. Yeah, the Dragon Marked House um is um hold on. Hold please. Your question is important. It will be answered in the order in which it was received. <laughs> uh, please press one for houses. Press <laughs> two for deity. Um Oh yeah, this is an older wiki. Um let's go to D D Beyond. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Dragon Mark. Um, here we go. Uh, the Eberron rulebook that just came out is gorgeous, by the way. Um, let's see. So there's, let's see, we have the Mark of detection finding so finding is actually so has the rash um is like investigators but also like they find treasure so a lot of times they they have uh big money they're also often um misunderstood being a house of like half orcs and orcs as well as humans um what if i thought that one of them had made an infernal pact right but but got it wrong yeah yeah, yeah, that could work. So mistaked House Thrashk, uh for an infernal pact. Mistook, I mean. And I think that that could have happened maybe like in kind of like their, like when their relationship was kind of puzzling. So he just kind of was like, um, like he acted on impulse a little bit more when he knows he probably shouldn't have. Uh-huh, okay. And then that's why he kind of went like, Typical, like, I'm going to break the door down, try to deal with the thing. And it was like, oh, you busted into the 
to the Maker's Mart or whatever. Like, you know, like, into the Boston Market or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. And it was at, like, an odd time of night, so then it was kind of like, oops. So then now he has beef with those, with that house. Okay. Um, because they think it's probably salacious that he was trying to say that, oh, like, sword waving through the street saying that you've made an infernal pact. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they get accused they actually of did do it sometimes. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that that sounds good. And I think we have Rob's last relationship. Yes. Yes, we do. So my last relationship is when you need advice, you always go to blank. And who do you have left? Yeah, I know. I'm thinking. Well, I have I have a connection with everybody either through theirs or through mine. Well, so, yeah, but you want to have everybody have all three people in your on your list. I thought. Uh, let me double check then. Uh, that's the goal, anyway. Does, does yes. everyone else have that one? One yeah. for everyone else. That's what I thought was okay. the goal. Uh, yep, mm-hmm. yep, 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 yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the answer is Nick's. I mean, I, and I figured this. But that point. makes sense anyway, because they they're the ones that is the local. Yeah, um, but it says I always go to Nick's for advice. So far, so good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we'll see how that keeps going. <laughs> oh yeah, just keep coming to me for advice, honey. It's fine. I like the way that lines up, though, with with Nick's being the you know they're more of a you know that that old soul, uh, yeah, also literally old but not yeah. important, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know uh, Ventus being um, you know not a kid but you know being new to the city and trying to figure out how to make his way around. That's exactly it. It's far more metropolitan, far more um, aware of the world. And the different strata within it. So mm-hmm. streetwise versus book smart. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so the last thing we have are our, um, each of you have your own group questions. Um, but I'm also aware of our time. We only have 15 minutes left tonight. So I think what we're going to do is um, let's brainstorm those group questions in Slack this week. Okay. Uh, well, we have two weeks to do that. And then... Uh, when we come back next time, we'll just open, we'll do our intros and open with what we decided for that and jump into some adventuring and intrigue. Sounds um, great. Anything else we should cover before we wrap up tonight? No, uh, we were, we're going to do lines and veils in, uh, in our Slack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll do a, an, uh, anonymous Google doc so that everyone can, um, enter that and I'll, I'll, explain that for everyone next time for the audience um but um yeah i I think this is a good place to call it um thank you everybody for joining us uh for our uh D campaign this spring um my name is jason you can find all my stuff at it's probably okay on uh twitter uh my uh, uh twitch channel's starting to get a little bit of activity on it and um i made a game called demigods you can find it at uh demigodspvta.com 
And um, I do a lot of streaming here at Happy Jacks. I've uh, sat in a few times with the folks over at Saving Throw. I did a Demigods campaign with the 12-Sided Stories crew, which was a lot of fun. They do all the like sound effects and editing and all, all the fun stuff that we definitely do. No, we don't edit here. <laughs> we do it in the raw. We just um, do make mouth noises. Yes. And uh, vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I think that's that's about it for what I'm up to. Um, Claire, what are you up to? Uh, yeah, so I was actually one of the very first hosts of Happy Jacks way back in 2005-ish? Yeah. When, when, uh, when it was just a podcast. Um, uh, I've been playing RPGs since then. I also sing with the Merry Wives of Windsor, um, which is at Merry Wives everywhere and uh our very own happy jacks kimmy um she and i are in a band together called the mary sues and we are at we are at mary sues band and we just did a um a parody of what child is this about baby yoda mm. that got some good traction amazing i saw that i was yes. endlessly amused <laughs> so check out baby yoda carol on youtube if you haven't seen it yet. cool eli my name is eli i'm on twitter at Ignatius Wang. So follow me if you want, because I'll be back here in two weeks. <laughs> Good call. Pooja? Hi, I am Pooja. You can find me on Twitter at LATCGirl. You can catch me here at Happy Jacks every Sunday. Um, I'll be playing, obviously, this campaign. And also, we on Alternating Sundays are doing... Um, our Vampire Fight Bee Glittering Night campaign. So uh, you can check us out there. And on occasion, I pop over to 12 Sided Stories. Uh, but most of that is on hold thanks to uh, stay at home mandates. Mm. Yay! Sparkling isolation. Yeah. Yay! Isolation from everyone. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Thanks for joining us. Rob? Yeah, I'm Rob. I don't really do anything anymore. <laughs> it's cool, bro. He's short and he knows things. Mm. I Sometimes. I also <laughs> drink occasionally. Um, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to have something windy to say about it, and I... I uh, came up short, and that's as good as <laughs> oh, I could do. Oh, like that, oh. That's not good enough. That's not ah. good enough. No, I know. I thumbs down myself. Um, Jason, so, why start being witty now? Um, oh, snap! Yeah. Well, if I start now, it's. I mean, it's like one out of zero, right? Like, that's <laughs> infinitely better. Um, I forgot to mention I'm, I'm here every Monday for now. Tomorrow we're going to have our finale of our Shadowrun campaign that I'm running. Um, very excited to see the conclusion of that. It's, it was a long run actually. And, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, back material there. If you want to watch a Shadowrun campaign that uh, barely flirts with the rules of Shadowrun because <laughs> I was the GM. Uh, once, once it opened a Shadowrun book and said, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on Shadowrun as my very first RPG, and I've played every edition, and it's uh, I'm now just, I'm old enough to not give a shit about the rules that much. Um, and on alternating Mondays, we have our 
things from the Flood uh, campaign that Kadev is running. And uh, that's got a little ways to go still. A lot of fun happening there. And I forgot to mention that I am actually launching a, an experimental uh, a masks game on my channel. It's probably okay on Twitch. Uh, tomorrow morning at 10. Everyone needs morning streams because there aren't that many of them. And so t- true. tomorrow morning at 10, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll reveal more about that on the Twitter. So, um, stay tuned for that. And, uh, thank you everybody for joining us tonight. Thanks. Anything we'll see else? You guys next time. No. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody and good night. I'll throw good up night. the calendar here. Bye. Bye. Bye.